Well, today is the biggest single day of earnings announcements for the mega tech, mega cap tech stocks that I can remember ever having happen on the same day. Within the next few minutes, we expect to get quarterly earning results from Google, Apple, Amazon, and Facebook. Such a big deal. You're getting to see us live twice today. If you missed this morning, it was all about Spectrum Brands, which releases earnings tomorrow morning. They're the company behind a ton of random brands like uh, home improvement products and tools and pet care and home and garden and small kitchen, stuff that we think is going to have a huge impact on the last quarter, but too late for that trade. We are back getting ready for earnings from the four companies that not only make up the most, probably the biggest part of our personal portfolios, but they have the ability to massively move the market. So today on Dumb Money, part two, live reaction to earnings from Google, Amazon, Facebook, and uh, Amazon, Google. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Here we go. Play the song. This is Dumb Money Live with Chris Camillo, Dave Hansen, and Jordan McLean, streaming live on YouTube. We are Dumb Money. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. And we're back. Thank you all for spending even more time with us today. Dave Hansen here, along with Chris and Jordan. This morning really flew by. We were on, Chris, for two hours. It was a fun show, man. I, it was. I love, I love that show, dude. I, I, dude, that that was that went even better than I thought. I loved it. If you haven't watched, if you didn't see this morning's show, do it. By the way, we ended the show, Jordan, uh, with uh, Terrence's new beef jerky. It's not he he would hate it if we use the word beef. It's called Bitlong it's called, or whatever. No, it's Biltong. Biltong. Biltong, South Africa, and he gave us a coupon code now to say on this show for it, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Let me. I'll, I'll look it up. We will give you the coupon code for a discount off of Terrence's Biltong beef jerky, and that's coming up. I have so much technical stuff that is just barely set up on this feed today. Well, you, I, got, I, you have only a few minutes to get it set up, dude. Stuff's about to start hitting, man. Facebook, Amazon. Oh, what do we got, dude? I did so Apple much trading. and Google. And we were talking about at the very end of... Here, let me turn my mic down. I look like I'm way too loud. At the very end of uh, the morning show, we also started talking about Ford, which you're invested in. And mm-hmm. they also have earnings coming out after the market. And I just... Yeah. I, I had CNBC on while I was eating lunch, Woo. and I heard... Uh, the the head of some auto group saying that Ford was their bestseller, not because of the popularity, but because it was the only thing they could get inventory of. And so it was maybe maybe this is a good good sign for Ford. Maybe, man. Jordan, by the way, that lake house, dude, like, why would you only rent that for a few days? Why didn't you get it for a whole week at least? Yeah, that view, by the way, here, let's see if I can go bigger on your camera here, because that is... Please possible to get because of how great a value it is and how awesome it is you cannot get this place and so we got every night that we possibly could get uh, dude are you really only paying a few hundred 300 a night on lake austin with a boat dock for your boat yeah i've awesome. never seen anything i mean you're like right on the water unbelievable it's unbelievable and the people that own this place are like the sweetest people in the world they've got uh 
We've got a dog named Ladybird that might join us here in a minute. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a, pearl, a pool. They let you use their pool too, right? Uh, yeah, let's see if we can pivot over and uh, see there's a pool over here. Nice. The girls right now, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a sweet setup you got there, dude. Super sweet. Um, dude, Dave, I was like, oh, what's that? Oh, that is uh, that is the music that just started because I have the um, Google earnings call queued up in the background because they were the first ones that are going live. They start in 25 minutes from now, and I'll, I'll oh. turn them off. Okay, can I go over the trades? Because, like, I, was, I had puts on Facebook and Google, and I read an article this afternoon that was essentially – here, I'll pull it up. It's – it's a firm that does essentially the Google – it's a Facebook advertising platform, okay? Um, and they're called uh, M-A-D-G-I-C-X, and their CEO – Facebook numbers are out. We have, we have breaking news. Do you have well, them there, Jordan? I got out of my options is what I'm trying to say. I got out of those puts. Um, because he said that sales were – he said that revenue was up. He said advertising has been up in July with all their clients, which is – they have like 2,000 clients. Facebook Q2 revenue, $18.69 billion versus $17.31 billion estimate. Facebook, Facebook Q2 earnings per share, $1.80 versus $1.39 uh, estimate. So big beat from Facebook. And it looks like Amazon may be coming out too. Nope. I still got a little Facebook. Chris, you were going to, you had puts you got rid of, right? I got rid of the puts. I'm shorting the stock, but based on that, I'm covering the short. Oh, shoot. I didn't cover it right. Ah, I forgot I'm doing this after hours. Lost killing me, guys. Here, let's pull up a uh, chart here. How many different things do I have on the screen at once? Okay. So in the um, window. I do that tomorrow. There's no way that's going to stick. Wait, what is it up? It's up 5% right now. Yeah, look at look at five look, that Facebook. It just took off. Chris, do you still? Or I'm, I'm sorry, Dave. Do you still own Facebook? I do not. Facebook is not I, one that I. I've got a little I stuck bit. With. I've so got, I'm out of. I, I just covered my covered the covered that it was like a, it was an insurance short position because I'm so long on this stuff, man. I'm so long on tech. Uh, I covered that. I'm out. I still I do have the puts on Google though. Have the puts on Google. Obviously, we have our crazy long position on Amazon. Crazy long position on Apple. So Facebook, very tiny, tiny loss for me. Five uh, percent loss on the short position. Uh, about a twenty-five k loss, all in. Um, okay, so yeah, the guy must have been right because I, like, I, I had these puts. I sold my puts right before the market closed because he came out and said, "Hey, his firm that he has thousands of Facebook advertisers." They were spending more money, not less, in July, which is the complete opposite of that report that was out on Facebook that said advertisers were spending like 40 percent of advertisers, forty to fifty percent of Facebook advertisers were cutting off their ad budgets. BS, BS. Here's the thing: self-reported data is junk. I've always said that, right? Self-reported data is junk. Amazon's jumping up a hundred bucks right now. Yes. Yes. Except I tried to buy those calls right for market calls. I didn't get them. Yeah. Ah, but still, I'm, I'll take it. I am so long in Amazon. This is fantastic news. Yes, let's get the, I'll take let's it. get the headline. This is the Amazon chart that I have kind of pulled up. 
I've got like a three and a half percent position in Amazon, so I'd, I'd say that's pretty big for me. I'm probably going to get crushed in Google because Google's probably going to be up too. I would imagine if these are up, they haven't reported yet, but. Facebook is that good and Amazon's that good. Google's not going to be a disaster. See, I'm so surprised um, Facebook because of how many advertisers were pulling out publicly, right? And then how many pulled out, you know, non-publicly. Jordan, the, all the biggest, the hot, the top 100 advertisers are only 6% of their revenue, right? And they would have only pulled out for one month, if that. And they didn't lose all 100 of them, right? So they lost like a portion of those 100. So maybe they lose a couple percentage points of the revenue. But in general, all my data on Facebook was showing up, up, up. Um, like similar web data on Facebook was way up. If I look at the, the business.facebook.com page on similar web to see just what the volume of web traffic is of businesses managing their ad campaigns. And it has been up all quarter. Now, the, the, the issue is, it's kind of been up too with Google, so uh, it, which is interesting. So I'm thinking even though Google's kind of lost a lot of revenue on the travel side, um, I think they might have gained just a lot of general revenue. So you know I'm not super confident in that hedge. You know we'll see we'll see what happens. It was really just an insurance hedge, but this is good news, guys. Think about good it. news with uh, with no sports. Really, nobody's really watching TV um, except for like Netflix. Where else are you going to advertise? Yeah, I mean, by the way, what happened to Amazon? What is the news? Did they actually, do we have numbers? I haven't seen the news yet. Hold yes, on. Yes, here's Amazon's uh, numbers. Uh, the earnings were, uh, to, 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 how, how can you have, how can you push a news story out that has the estimates, but not the actual numbers? You're just trying to be first to push something out. So you pushed out what the estimates are. <laughs> Good job, CNBC. We're going back to Twitter. EPS 10. Uh, Dave, 1030, up from 522 year over year. Sales 88 billion versus 81 billion estimate. Nice. Nice. Nine. So almost almost uh, almost 89 billion. And how they did they crush us with guidance again like last quarter? Oh yeah, 133. That's what I'm talking about. We're gonna Amazon. have to. We're gonna have to um, get into no, get into no, the press release and actually read those quotes. Dude, that's strong, man. That's strong. Um, God, I feel like oh, I really wanted that. I really wanted that call option on Amazon before the market closed. I'm so pissed off now. I didn't get it. So pissed off. Oh. Um. Whatever. What can you do, right? This is good across across our tech uh, trades, though. This is just this is great. Let's see what Google does here. I actually hope they somehow weirdly disappoint. It'd be awesome to see Google come down some, or at least not pop big. Last quarter. What? It did not last quarter. I know, man. I I, lo I I bet against them last quarter and lost. That was like one of my few losses last quarter. I mean, they took the. Wait, what's this here? The Ford report? Yeah, they're out. Here are the numbers up 12 cents. Eh, not awesome, but I'll take not getting slaughtered on that Ford. Yeah, Ford looks like a big yeah. move percentage wise. Not really. Well, I mean, they're down 18 from being cents down. on the day. Yeah. But whatever, man. I'll, I'll take the Ford. I wonder if they released the Bronco numbers on there. See how close I came to my estimate. I thought they were getting pretty close to 300,000 reservations. Let's see if they put it on there for the Bronco. 
I don't see Bronco numbers in the coverage, at least. Maybe they'll maybe they'll uh, talk about it on the call. Yeah. Looks like uh, looks like a lot of our followers were uh, long Amazon as well on the channel here. So Ford beat Ford negative one point nine billion beat estimate by three billion. Ooh, what that can't be right. Maybe it is though. That's just on our on our uh, comments board. Ford beats. I love it. I love it. I love my Ford, dude. I love um, that. I love that Amazon is up. You you have to get a little nervous, Dave. Right? Like, there's no way. I mean that. It, are we all three of us? That's our top position by far, followed closely by like a Peloton or something, right? Jordan, is that your top position still, Amazon, or no? Yeah, it's a three and a half percent position. It's my biggest equity position. All right, nice. It's a uh, <laughs> it's a twelve percent position for me. Twelve, thirteen percent of my portfolio is Amazon, so it's not a stock I want to get crushed. That's for sure. Um, just seeing that up is just really makes my day right there. I am net positive for the day now, which is awesome. Three percent after hours. Something's had to have happened. On who? On who? Google. Google's up three percent almost after hours. I, yeah, yeah, but they could be up. Uh, they could be up just on Amazon and Facebook, which would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Google's out. Google, no, Google's out. People are saying Google is out. What are they doing? Can you find it? Let's see. Yeah, they're up 32 bucks. Man, why is it so hard to get real-time information on earnings? I got CNBC on in the back. They're, they're really focused on Amazon right now. Ford beat. Everyone's beaten. This is, this is good times. Okay, I'm probably going to close out my uh, Google short here. Hey, Dave, did you buy any Kodak? <laughs> oh, I wish. No, I, I did not get in Kodak. Did you see the, uh, episode, the Ben Hunt uh, article on this whole bit? Um, I read several articles yesterday. I don't know that I read that one, but um, I read one all about the uh, tweets that went out. They, yeah. they accidentally sent a press release to some local Rochester uh, media um, outlets I, that tweeted we, about it, and the stock went nuts, and... Now, the early press release is really the only thing that's going to be able to save people from uh, potential insider trading charges on this thing because there was elevated volume before it you know, went nuts the other day. Yeah, but um, the CEO uh, bought some a month ago That's look, out of, that's, out of the blue need to read at $2 this, a share. You need to read this Ben Hunt article um, that talks about how this whole deal came together, mm -hmm. and it's very disappointing. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, were there insider trades beyond the CEO? Like, like they just, they're going to investigate because a lot of options activity, right, on Kodak? There, was, there yeah. were options activity in a geographically uh, central location around That's Rochester all. because yeah. the company sent a press release to some local media outlets. They forgot to say this is an embargo. You know, this is for background. This is not information that should be released yet. And so some reporters tweeted it. Most of them untweeted, deleted their tweets, but there was one, at least as of yesterday, that was still out. Yeah. So Dude, the news broke before okay. it was supposed to break. The other thing not is it's okay. fishy, by the way, that some random $100 million market cap, small cap, dying company gets a big $750 million deal from the federal government who has no 
literally no idea how to um, produce pharmaceuticals, yet they get a pharmaceutical deal from Uncle Sam. How does that insane. work? Jordan, it's insane, dude. Insane. Now, is Amazon not up anymore? What's up here? What's the deal? I don't know. Google's up. Oh, no, Amazon's up 50. No, Amazon's up. I'm seeing Amazon up 41. Yeah, it's not up that much anymore. It's come down quite a bit. Oh, no, it's up, one, wait, 123. 40. Yeah. Okay, so... That again is the uh, Google earnings call that popped in. We will be able to uh, listen in on that call that probably is starting in about 12 minutes now. Um, so, so it's on an article that the uh, Trump family friend bought 10 million of stock too. Doesn't know if that's true. And the, and yes, the deal uh, the deal was a loan. Uh, it's a loan, federal loan, to let them switch from being a, uh, a camera film company to a uh, drug manufacturer. So we'll see. We'll see about that. Why on earth would that happen? That just in, that's insanity. So you, you'll learn. You'll understand the whole thing. You follow Ben Hunt on Twitter. Yeah. I haven't been on this today, though. Yeah, check his article. He's got an article out on Epsilon Theory. It's it's It documents the whole thing. It's nuts. So it's dirty. Is that what you're saying? It's dirty? It's the dirtiest. <laughs> well, do, do, do you think now, let me ask you a question. What does that mean for, I mean, do you think it makes code? I haven't spent much time on this story long because I've been so busy researching our episode today. CEO that, like, ha- that knows some people that know Trump and that, you know, basically they collude together to, you know, um, put this whole deal together. Um, are you, aren't you happy? We, I, I'm not even going to name names, but you know how we almost did that monster deal with that guy who's like one of Trump's top closest guys. And like, that whole, I'm just glad we stayed away from that whole thing, man. Oh yeah. That would have been, For sure. that would have been, we, we weren't looking to do anything weird, but you just know you're part of that. And you're just, here's the thing. There there's so many good ways to make money legitimately that like, why would you want to do something that's going to put some stain? No, you know, your reputation. Maybe, you know, I, it's just not worth it. I want to look into the Kodak deal. Cause I wonder if there's an opportunity, if there's a, if it's a short opportunity now or what's going to happen if this thing kind of implodes and starts to go backwards. And if you have any type of CEO, yes. basically um, what Ben Hunt is uh, alluding to is that Congress could shut the whole thing down, but wow. You know, who knows if they know about it or if they care enough to. Okay, so what do we think? Listen, man, Dave, I've got, if I have to pick, I want Amazon. I want to hear Amazon's story here. You know, like that's what I want because I could see yeah. myself adding to my Amazon position after hours. Um, Google I was just, I was just uh, reading through the Google press release to see if they had any material information in it. They do not, as you might imagine, they're working to help people, businesses, and communities in uncertain times. Uh, in, people are turning to online services and platforms from their cloud to play to YouTube, helping their partners. Um, they, they basically recap their revenues at $38.3 billion, um, continue to navigate through a difficult global economic environment, but nothing forward-looking. So we will have their conference call in about 10 minutes, and that's what we have here in the uh, bottom corner is the, uh, the the countdown video. They're they're streaming their conference call on YouTube. Hey Dave, who are these people talking to me in the bottom right corner? What's going on there? Is that the is that the earnings call? That's 
Uh, in the bottom right corner, where it's a uh, like a doctor wearing mask, that that is the Google uh, stream for their call that hasn't started yet. We'll we'll turn the audio on when it starts. Like and then we still have our chat on. You guys in the chat, let me know if you want us to keep the chat on or if you want to let us take over the whole screen to be able to see the earnings call. I, you know, you, you can read the chat along the side. Let it, in about 30 seconds, we'll get the answer. Just yes or chat or no chat should be the answer. Chat, no chat. I, I couldn't help myself. I had to buy more Amazon. I'm sorry. I just I had to do it. I got 100 shares. I'm paying way up. It's up 170 bucks. I don't care. I got it. I'm so upset with myself for not letting those options clear before the market closed that I just had to add a little a little Amazon. Could have picked up more 29.50 last week and uh... dude. Oh, and look at all dude, those you, like buttons that just got smashed. Dude, you have no. Oh yeah, yeah. Our our channel let's, number let's, is looking just like Amazon stock. Yeah. <laughs> let 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 let's hope. Let's, everyone says no chat, no chat. So okay. So, so, uh, Jeff Bezos, do not say anything crazy during this conference call <laughs> if he's on it. Because do not if he's on it, if he's even on it, who knows? You won't be on. He's never, he's never on him. You never know. Your people, your your people, Jeff, don't don't say anything crazy. I can't get crushed. I just added to Amazon. I want to add more right now because, like, I, you know, Jordan, can you ever have enough? Can you ever get enough? Like, can you ever have enough Peloton, right? No way, right? Do you well, have enough, by the way? Do you have enough Peloton? I have what? enough Peloton. I've got, a one, I've got a 1% <laughs> Peloton. You got a what? A 1% position in Peloton. 1%? Yes. Oh, Peloton. oh, I'm like 10% Peloton. <laughs> I don't do that. <laughs> oh my god okay i do want to um, tell you that I, i've read through some of the amazon report here and they do actually give third quarter guidance net sales expected to be between 87 and 93 billion which is a 24 to 33 percent growth compared to uh that same quarter of 2019 uh that guidance anticipates an unfavorable impact of approximately 20 basis points from foreign exchange rates Operating income expected to be between two billion and five billion, compared to three point two billion uh, in the third quarter of last year. Guidance assumes uh, two billion of costs related to the virus. Uh, the guide guidance uh, assumes, among other things, that no additional business acquisitions, investments, restructurings, legal settlements, that sort of thing. So they are giving right. a little bit of guidance on that, and we probably will hear more from them on their conference call. Dave, I bought another hundred while you were talking. So of Amazon. Another 100 shares, yeah. So I, I added 200 shares to my core Amazon position, which is 1,000 shares. Um, and so I'm up, to, well, plus what I have in my retirement, which is another, let's see. So I've got 1,200 in my core. I think I have another 100, another 100 in my, in my uh, IRA rollover. So I got 1,300 Amazon now. So. Nice. So let's let's hope nothing crazy happens here in the call. I do want to listen to the call. Um, and what would you say? What what other call? It, Google's got to be boring, right? Like, who wants to listen to that Google call? Well, I mean, it. What are we going to do for thirty minutes? 
<laughs> well, well, how about Facebook? I'd rather hear. I'd rather hear. So uh, here, here's the here's the timing. Google goes first, starting uh, in five minutes. Then Apple starts thirty minutes after that. Then Amazon starts thirty minutes after that. Then Facebook starts thirty minutes after that. So I figured Apple, we would just kind of roll that. through. I think. Apple? Huh? Is Apple out? Google then Apple. Is Apple are the numbers out? Dude, Facebook is up nineteen dollars right now. No. It, it is are Apple's numbers out right I'm now? I'm sure they are. Why have we Why have we not even? We're not why even have we not looked at Apple yet? That's my second biggest holding. Yeah, my third. <laughs> what is wrong with us? We're We're yeah, the we worst forgot, we financial reporters third, ever. I don't see any numbers out yet, um, but I'm looking at TD Ameritrade News, so that could be old. Uh, hold on. It shouldn't be this hard. Uh, let's see. Apple's up. Uh, the breaking news on Amazon uh, on Google is that they've reported the first revenue decline in company history. Uh, well, that That's, yeah, uh, the reporting thirteen uh, ten point thirteen versus eight estimates, so still beating, uh, beating on revenue thirty eight versus uh, thirty seven billion, but decline in revenue. Yeah, so I, I do have those Google puts. I'm going to get slaughtered on them in the morning if Google stays where it is right now. It just is what it is. It was an insurance play, and there's nothing I could do about it. It was twenty or 30000 on that, those puts. But I'm up now 142 after hours, which is nice, based on mostly Amazon. And by the way, all of our all of our tech stocks were coming up with it. Uh, so, and Apple's showing a nice lift even before they report. Let's hope Apple reports strong. I really, yeah, dude, Apple, I really Apple is up. Uh, it looks like five dollars in after hours. Uh, the one one and a quarter percent. I've got ten bucks up for Apple. Uh, Two point six percent. I would love to. I, I do want to hear Apple. Um, I want to hear Tim. Uh, I'd love to hear. I think Zuck's got to be on this call today. For can Facebook. we can we talk about the uh, Senate stuff? Did you guys watch that yesterday? I didn't watch it. I just I can't. I physically. I, do you know that this is the first time I've had CNBC on since April on my TV? First time because I just wanted to see <laughs> in the background if if they were flashing up stuff for these earnings. I have been off the news since April. Like I'm on Twitter, well, obviously. I'm on social, but I know, I know you watched when uh, Zuck did his testimony a while back, and, awesome. and you know your your basic summation of that is the exact same thing I got out of this. The people investigating the tech companies <laughs> over monopoly don't know what technology is or how it works, <laughs> and the questions they were asking were ridiculous and. They would. They each had five minutes, ping ponged back and forth between the left and the right, and they wanted to hear themselves talk. So they spent four and a half minutes asking a question, and then once they started answering, they interrupted the answer and said, "I'm not interested in hearing that," and I'm out of time. It was the most frustrating thing ever. But no, I can't. The, if I can't. the the little bit that the uh, that that they got in. Those are grandstanding, right? And they're going to say something. They're going to be like, well, we, you know, and then they fluff up their answer a little bit. And really, all they wanted was to get in their hard-hitting question uh, before uh, before their time was up. That's all they wanted. That's all they want. They want to be able to go back to their constituents and said, oh, I fried, uh, you know, Zuck. But didn't, didn't even ask a relevant question and didn't get an answer. 
But it also it also gave me keen insight into the leaders of these giant companies are way more intelligent and well spoken than the leaders of the country. Hold on, I've got. Oh, for sure. I don't. Sure. Think, I don't think Congress should be putting on like these bullshit like you know Q and A sessions or whatever they are, de- like fake depositions. If you're going to depose somebody, do it for real. If you're going to have a legal process, do it. But don't have bullshit Congress, you know, inve- investigating something because it's totally political. Absolutely. Dude, Every Jordan, single part of it was political. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. I refuse to follow it or even look at it. It makes me physically and it, sick. And it was, it was almost backwards from the, uh, the normal random political process because in, in this case, it was like the re- Republicans are traditionally like business, do whatever you want. In this case, there were, it was like it was kind of weirdly backwards. I'm not. I, I didn't really know what to make of it. All right. By the way, it looks like it looks like T Money is on here. You better give out his coupon code, Dave, for oh, his. Uh, yes, I forgot to do that. What's it called? Bitlong. Bill, it, it's, Bill Tong. Bill Tong. Bill Tong. Our buddy Terrence. We're trying to help him out today. He finally hey, launched his Terrence Bill Tong Africa, and he knows all about real South African. Beef jer- it's not beef jerky, it's biltong, but it's it's kind of like beef jerky, but with, like, superior cuts of meat. That's what he told me, yeah. It's like, re- it looks really good. I mean, but like, he's been talking about this for a decade, <laughs> and he actually did it. Like, he launched it. What's it called? What's the name of the company, Dave? I'm trying to find it again, and the uh, coupon code. It's called Happy Bees, and it's, uh, I'll put the, uh, I'll put the... Website yeah, up on the screen. H A P P I E. But we don't own any of this. We don't like. We're not. He's not paying us. This is just like us trying to help out. To, to I think he did this thing. I'm so glad for him. And people like it, right? People love the product, which is awesome. Have you have you have you tried it yet? I'm gonna try. We're gonna try it on the show next week. I need to buy some. Yeah. So anyone that if you if anyone the show's watching and buys this, like let us know if it's good or not because I want to give him some legit you know feedback on it. But he, it's like made with like the top grade steak and stuff. I, I'll try it out. It's, I'm not a jerky guy. Basically, but... it's a better deal than you've ever had before because it's a South African version of beef jerky. And he's South African, <laughs> so he's the right guy to bring it to us. Well, what's the coupon? Oh, there it is. The, the, uh, so, so this show is not at all sponsored, but we do have our first sponsor. It's happybees.com. Use the discount code B-O-E-T. For a discount off of your purchase, I placed my order today. I know Jordan has placed an order. Chris just got his today, so we're gonna have okay, that, that Terrence, taste off. For every five orders, we want a round of drinks on you. That's how. That's our payment for doing this for you today. Okay. <laughs> and I'm bringing the music in just a little so we can hear what's going on with this alphabet call, oh, so we don't nice. miss anything. Nice, Dave. Um, wait. Someone said four for one stock split on Apple. Could that be possible? Uh, no, but iPhone revenues uh, beat service revenues beat. Hang on, I'm, I'll get I'll get a summary of this while we're listening to some hold music. Wait, someone's talking about Spectrum brands. Uh, they they don't report to tomorrow. So Apple's four for one stock split is confirmed. What? Apple Thursday announced its fiscal third quarter earnings. Board of directors has approved a four for one stock split. 
Apple currently trades above 380. It means investors could expect to again have a chance to buy Apple for around $100, depending on where the stock trades at the end of August. Shares will be distributed to shareholders at the close of business August 24th, and trading will begin on split-adjusted basis on August 31st. Dude, that is so 2005. I can't believe he's he's splitting the stock. Hey, now the pressure's on for hey, Tesla to do it. Music's too loud. Music's too loud. Music's too loud. Oh, sorry. Well, what, Jordan? They did they did their seven for one split back you know years ago. It was a great process for them. I'm a I've got a hot sports opinion on Apple, and I don't think you necessarily agree with this. The only reason that their stock price is growing right now is because they're still doing buybacks. They've got a marginal dividend on there. They're not growing revenue. They're not a growing company. I don't understand it. Okay, Jordan, let me let me explain it. Okay, they. What they're doing, yes, you're right. The last few years, they haven't massively grown, but they've gone through this cycle, okay? They figured out a way, even while they're, even while their growth is tapped in terms of new phone hardware and even computers are kind of pulling back some, to develop an entire new reven, revenue stream of service revenue that's not going anywhere, okay? That's going to continue in perpetuity. And now what they can do is they basically set the stage so that when they do come out with new products or are able to expand their margins on the you know, on the phones or whatever else with new products, they're going to have that service revenue. They're going to build on top of that with additional hardware. Now, did you see what they did with their uh, AirPods? What are they called? AirPods, right? Obviously, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so AirPods aren't ideal. But do you know what AirPod growth was going to be this year if we weren't in the middle of it was going to be insane i mean they, they're selling like hundreds of millions of airpods for hundreds of dollars a piece they're creating new segments i love apple here not like as a company it's going to double in the next year or two but they are finally starting to kick they're doing all the smart stuff that tim cook does right that honestly jobs just he was too big of a thinker to think about that and now they're set the stage where all they need are a couple big wins. An AirPod win, something else. They're just about as stable and is like have, have as much as you could ask for out of Apple right now. But you're right. They're buying their stock back, but why wouldn't you, right? They have their cash flow machine, buy the stock back. And now they're, the, the, the dividend's a little weird, though. I, I Not the dividend, the, uh, the stock split. I mean, why? Why would you do that? Okay, we can hear now from the uh, CEO of uh, Alphabet, Google. There, he's he's starting to uh, speak now. Continue to send our deepest gratitude to everyone on the front lines of the pandemic, all around the world. I also want to personally thank all our employees who continue to work so hard to make sure our products and services are available for everyone right now. Google's down. Google's down. Information. Hothead businesses working to inform customers about opening hours or delivery options, or teachers connecting to their students. The macroeconomic environment caused by the pandemic created headwinds for our business. Our revenue declined on a reported basis and is flat year over year on a fixed FX basis. Like other companies, this quarter we saw the early signs of stabilization as users returned to commercial activity online. This is true across most of our advertising verticals and geographies. Of course, the economic climate remains fragile. One thing I'd like to call out is our continuing journey to invest in and grow new businesses. We delivered strong growth in our non-ads revenues, particularly from cloud, Google Play, and YouTube subscriptions. This in turn is helping our partners, developers, and creators 
earn revenue, and deliver valuable services to people. We are focused on the steps to build long-term value with these opportunities. Today, I'll review the quarter by walking through the four key areas for 2020 that you've heard me mention over the last several quarters. Creating the most helpful products for everyone, providing the most trusted experiences for our users, executing at scale, and creating sustainable value. First, creating the most helpful products for everyone. This has been especially important during this time. We have focused on providing locally relevant, helpful, and authoritative information about COVID in over 70 languages in 200 countries. This has been an enormous effort across search and all our products. YouTube, for example, engaged with public health officials in over 90 countries and surfaces panels with locally relevant information in response to COVID-19 queries. On Google Maps and Search, we now display more than 12,000 COVID-19 testing centers across 20 countries, working with local governments and data providers to source accurate and helpful information. Using our technical capabilities, we are helping people find more information about local businesses, such as takeout, curbside, updated hours, donations, gift cards, and virtual services. With more kits at home, Google Play launched a special kits tab with only teacher-approved apps. And YouTube has seen traction with Learn at Home, as well as a virtual summer camp for kids called Camp YouTube, plus a virtual commencement series. To help Indian internet users, we announced the Google for India digitization fund. Through this effort, we'll invest approximately $10 billion over the next five to seven years to accelerate and participate in India's burgeoning digital economy. We'll enable information in local languages and apply technology and AI to important areas like health, education, and agriculture. GeoPlatforms is the first partnership agreement in the fund and we'll work with them to help millions of users in India become owners of smartphones. Second, providing trusted experiences for our users. Doing even more to protect users' privacy, keep information safe, and provide high-quality information was a key focus this quarter. In one important update, we now set people's location history and web and app activity to delete automatically after 18 months as the default. We also integrated password checkup into our core security checkup to help people detect any instance of their online accounts being compromised. More than 100 million people have used it. Android 11 Beta launched this quarter with many new features to help people better manage their connected devices. It contains a significant focus on privacy and security, including more granular control over app permissions and restrictions on apps usage of background location. Our Exposure Notifications API for Android and iOS, developed with Apple, launched this quarter. It's designed to empower public health agencies to create apps to help fight the spread of COVID with the strongest user privacy safeguards. As of today, authorities have rolled out official apps in 12 countries to alert people that they were in contact with another person who tested positive for the virus and that they should isolate and get tested. We expect several more apps to launch in the next week or two, including the first state apps in the U.S. These Google calls are so boring. Around the globe, <laughs> we can interrupt. Coordinated foreign influence They're so boring. I want to talk more about this uh, Apple story because um, they have, this is a record quarter for them. Moving on now to executing at scale. I want to listen in the... 
very softly in the background. I'm listening to Google, but um, they're talking about growing at scale. Okay. Uh, Apple, $59.6 billion. That is insane. Versus they were expected to do 52. This is like a record-breaking quarter for them. $2.58 <laughs> earnings per share versus $2.04. 204. They got 258. They have $193 billion of cash on hand at Apple. And that four for one stock split. Um, Dave, that's nothing. We have stimulus 2.0 coming. I know it doesn't seem like it, but it's coming. Okay. We have an unprecedented back to school at home coming for all of America. Okay. And a lot of the world. And a lot of people are going to be buying new devices. And I think there's going to be a pretty big quarter. Now, I am a little bit worried about the iPhone sales going into this quarter. Like, I don't think in a stay-at-home environment, people are going to be as eager to replace their iPhones that, as they were before, especially when everybody has these nice new iPads and laptops and all this stuff that they probably bought this year for work from home. I think Apple's done but, a pretty good job of converting people into the update every year cycle where you're just paying for it as a yet another subscription service. I, I don't know what percent. Right? Am I wrong? The phones are pushing back a little bit. They were going to be in September. Now they're going to be. Um, Supposedly a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Um, by the way. They go from Q3 to Q4 in, their, uh, in the phone cycle. Um, yeah, but you know what? Like. This back to now, I might not be normal, but like I just bought because I had to buy laptops for my kids. The laptops that they have now are like four or five years old and they cost 150 bucks new, like little little web books or whatever. But I just bought two new um, MacBook Airs for them because I have to, they have to be in a MacBook. I don't know how to work on a non MacBook. So, like, if they're going to yeah. be on, at school at home, right? Does that yeah. make sense? No, I mean, like, it's I didn't a, wanna, have you tried? I've, I actually have a PC that I have to run for some applications in my house, some automation stuff. Every time I'm on there, I feel like I am so ancient and don't know how to use a computer because it's just so different. So I can totally see how you would need to have the same system as your kids if you're, if you're going to be helping them at all on their computer. They yeah, and like... I feel like I don't want I don't want them to be spoiled with like ten years eleven years old and having MacBooks. It kind of makes me sick they have that. But like I, they don't make a cheaper one that I can buy. You know, like I bought the cheapest one I could buy, and then ready for this, my daughter's iPad that's like five years old died. So I told her if she wants a new one, I'll help, I'll subsidize her, but we're gonna split it. So she's paying me money out of her little savings that she's been working on all year really? for a new iPad. So I'm getting her, yeah, I'm getting her a new iPad. So That's I have awesome. a new iPad and two MacBook Airs coming this week, right? Like, dude, I don't mind with it up 24 bucks and having, you know, that's, God, how much is my Apple up right now? My goodness, this is insane. 20, uh, Jordan, up 24 bucks, dude. 20 bucks. Hold on, let's see here. I've got 401, I've got 401 at the price right now. Uh, but Dave, I was going to tell you, I guess the last time I've actually even touched a PC. Um, I can't even imagine when you would have last used a PC. College. I really? haven't touched a PC in, what, 18 years? <laughs> I mean, why would you? 
good or bad. I have I have no idea. I haven't owned a, a PC other than the one that I have to have out of necessity. And even then, to use it, I, I tunnel in. I use it on my iPad. I, I just use a virtual thing so that I can just run the PC off of my iPad. Here's what I love. The, the cost of those two MacBooks, I'm up 20 times that much in Apple just after hours than it cost me to buy the two MacBooks. So I'm okay <laughs> with it. I love Apple. This is like, dude, the love affair with Apple, it just never ends. They always take care of you, dude. Same as Amazon. They always take care of you. Always. I love this. I love that Apple and Amazon are killing it right now. This is the absolute dream scenario. And I hate to say, I, I hate to have, Ford is up 23 cents. By the way, I'm selling, I just sold 20,000 shares of Ford. I'm selling another 20,000. I want to lighten up my Ford position a little more uh, now that we're post earnings. Um, but Google, I had, the only thing I got on the puts is Google. And Google's, are they still down? I mean, I hate, I hate wishing for a stock to go down because, you know, people are in it. I don't want people to lose money. Google um, was other down just a little bit. Box. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully they dip down just for me in the morning. I can get out of those options. I'm showing they're up by a, about a percent and a half. They're up 26 bucks. For the day, for the whole day. Yeah, but I mean, after hours, they're up 0.6%. Yeah. yeah. Um, and oh, what do we got? We have Amazon, Apple, and then Facebook, you know. I'm not in Facebook Facebook's right now. Up. So I don't Facebook's really... up the biggest on a percentage basis of all of them. Yeah, they are. They're doing. They're killing it. They're killing it. So we, if if we want to listen, I kind of want to listen to the Apple call, and and that does start in like 20 minutes, 15 minutes. So. And then what is Amazon after that? Wasted. So I might bounce out. Yeah, let Did me get back to wasted? my schedule here. No, I don't want to waste my time at the lake, so I might bounce. <laughs> yeah, you should just go. You should leave the camera rolling and just go jump in that lake. Yeah, well, I'm actually gonna go jump in the pool because that's where the girls are. Oh yeah, were you uh, were you swimming in the lake? We just were you, were you surfing? Uh, wake? Do you do any wakeboarding or just surfing? I wakeboarded and surfed today, and I would have slalomed, but I forgot my slalom rope. So. Uh, uh, do, do you guys swim in the? It's a pretty nice lake. Do you swim in there? Yeah, we. I mean, a little bit. Um, I feel like most of the swimming time, we just let. Since there's a pool here, we just let the girls swim in the pool. That's their favorite thing to do, and they like when I throw them across the water. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine do too. Mine do too. All right, well, listen. Now you can go knowing that you are not getting crushed, which is honest. Our expectations. Would Would you agree, Dave? I just didn't want to get crushed after hours. That's yeah. it. That was the whole reason why I bought those puts. I was like, if, if all these things get crushed, I need to have some protection because we're just so top heavy in tech right now. And I just love not getting crushed. And not only not getting crushed, we're positive. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. the time in tech. Who knew? Awesome. All right. See you guys later. All, all right, right, man. Enjoy your deal, dude. All right. Take care. All right. Hey, Jordan, Jordan. I think he just hung up. Remember you just said goodbye to him and then he hung up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> Woo! Uh, I'm just I'm pulling up a chart that shows all of these. Apple, Amazon, Facebook, and we'll just do the Goog version of Google. Okay, let me see if we got any questions uh, while we're waiting here. Oh, did Jordan pop back? It looks like he's back. Right when I hit the button. Oh, he no, heard you. No. I was just going to tell you um, next week we're doing uh, our back to school at home 
episode, right? Because it's not a normal back to school. So just start looking into all of those uh, online education stocks, anyone that's going to benefit. Like, what does back to school shopping look like when it's back to school at home, right? Like, what does that actually look like? How does it look different? Um, a lot of the stuff that we would normally buy for back to school, we're not, and we're getting different things. I had two desks arrive today from Wayfair, you know, like. I could buy Khan Academy right now, but. Uh... Well, listen, let, let's look, let's look at all of the above. There's just so many, I mean, dude, I have a list here. There's just so many things that are impacting this back to school season. Like a good example, uh, do you know a lot of school districts are spent, are buying laptops for 40,000, 60,000 kids. So supposedly a lot of that is coming through places like CDW, right? So are those guys, can they really benefit? Is that actually happening in scale? And if it is, is it really going through those distribution partners? And if so, uh, what kind of profits does that mean for them? So like think about hardware, okay, that for school districts, if they're having to get every kid a laptop, um, just there's so many implications for back to school at home. So like, like we got we got to we got to be on this next week. I like it. All right. And and another word from our non-sponsor uh, Happy Bees. I just got a text from Terrence. Uh, he's he's being so generous today because we've had so many dumb money people order. Like this is awesome. We he really appreciates hey. it. Um, he's giving us even a bigger discount code. Special new discount code if you type in dumb money, one word. So I'm going to update the uh, ah, screen here. Nice. 20% off if you uh, if you want to buy even more if you've already purchased. I wish you would have told me that last week before I purchased, but that's okay. <laughs> I can I afford my half pound bag a bit long. I'm going to go throw the girls It's around. not a bit long. It's biltong. 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 <laughs> you know I'm driving him crazy right now with him watching me talk like this. You're the worst oh. spokesperson for his product ever. <laughs> okay, Jordan, thank you. Thank you for uh, popping back on. We will see you bright and early on Monday. Yeah. All right, Chris, don't call my name. I'm hitting the hangout button again. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, Jordan, one last thing. No, just kidding. Go. <laughs> He's frozen. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's just listen in real quick and see if uh, they're saying anything over here on Google. If they get to the Q&A part, I, I'd like to listen to that. Okay, right now their CFO is probably giving a tax rate really exciting update. Net income was $7 billion and earnings per diluted share. Yeah, she's reading the press release. If you want to read that press release, you can go to XYZ dot, or what is it? XYZ.abc, I think, or ABC.xyz. That's their corporate investor site. Dave, why do they even read the press release? Like, what? Just, just. I mean, it probably goes back to the ancient days when, uh, here, I'll just make us bigger. You remember back in the days when you didn't have a computer and you used to get your stock quotes off of this little printer that would spit out. No, we were, even, even old dogs like us have never not had a computer giving us stock quotes, but. That's not true. I used to get my stock quotes from Touchtone stock quote train. You'd go to a payphone or your phone and you would type in the symbols and then a computer voice would read you back well, the quote. No, I remember that being a thing, but that wasn't the only way you got the quotes. You were, you no, were using E-Trade or something at the time. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. There was no online broker. It was, I was using Fidelity Investments. I was using Touchtone quotes you can trade through Touchtone or for more money, 
you can actually trade through a broker. The only other way you can get quotes is through the newspaper, which came out once a day, or I'm really dating myself, or yeah, you can get quotes from the Bloomberg terminal at, at my college. At well, maybe that that's what it. I'm thinking. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that ever since I have been in the stock market, there's been some kind of online way. And it, yeah, you're right. It probably was not actually uh, a computer or phone, obviously, but I never, I've never had a ticker tape machine that gave me a stock quote. I do remember looking up my old mutual fund in the newspaper, though. Um, I talk hey, about that. Dumb money's on... not working, Terrence. The, the dumb money. I'll text him. Dumb money code's not working. Hold on. Uh-oh. Uh oh. People say. Dumb Should we call money. him and just get him on the show? Uh, yeah, call him up. <laughs> code not working. Um. Okay. Damn, I'm old. I know, man. I'm old. Uh, you know, people don't know this. I, I actually had one professional job in the finance industry. I was in college. I was a nighttime mutual fund trader for Fidelity. And it sounds really fancy, but I basically just gave stock mutual fund quotes to people from the Fidelity headquarters. And I would literally just answer the phone and give quotes all day, all night. Really? I told Terrence. I, I actually remember that job. I totally remember that yeah. job. Okay, so um, I've dialed Terrence in, and I need to enter passwords, and let's see if I can pull them up on the screen. I cannot, so we're going to do it this old-fashioned way. So, Terrence, this is uh, this is the founder of Happy Bees, our non-sponsor sponsor today. Um, we're getting we're getting feedback that the dumb money code isn't working. No, it works now. It works now. They said. Oh, all caps, all caps. Well, that's the way I typed it on the screen. So. Hello, Dumb Money family. Type it in in all caps. Uh, You'll get 20% off. Subscriptions are available. Terrence, let me ask you a question, though, because I, do, I don't do jerky, as you know, but you're thinking that people even like me that don't do jerky, I'm going to like this stuff. Why? Is it just higher quality? Is that the deal? Okay, I don't know that he's going to be able to hear you or that I'm going to be – this This is not going to work technically. We'll because, do it another uh, time. <laughs> we will have, we'll have Terrence on the show maybe Monday. Okay, okay, all here right. we go. Have a good um, one. That's Terrence. All right. All right, guys. So what are we thinking here? Uh, we're six minutes away from Apple is what we're thinking. And we know that they, they, they beat on sales. They beat on revenue. They beat on profit. They're just killing it. God, I love Apple. I just love it so much. So much. We did have, we did have some questions. I don't know that we've seen it yet. The... Um, I saw a question about, uh, do we know if yeah. the Ford Bronco numbers are out yet? Someone I, said I just Googled for it and I could 000. not find it. Someone said like 150,000, 160,000, which is lower than I anticipated. I thought for sure it would be closer to 300,000. Yeah, yeah. so C G Coine, Coine says Bronco orders 150K. I don't know if that's right or not, but that's what, that's what he's saying. Yeah, someone posted 150K Bronco reservations. Um now, I didn't say 150,000 less than expected. I said 150,000 less than I expected. I thought it would be close to 300K. There was a report on 6G Bronco this morning or last night, and they said something like 230,000. So uh, I am surprised that it's only 150. And if that's true, I mean, it's good. It's just not as much as I anticipated. And bottom line, Dave, like I got a lot of Ford, more Ford than I want. So I just trying to get out of half of the other 
50,000 shares. Like I'd like to be at a 40 or 50,000 shares of Ford and that's about it right now. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see if my order went through. It did. So I'm down to 60,000 shares of Ford. Sorry about that. That music is the Apple music that we're standing by waiting for their conference call to start. Okay, check out I, I'm going to I'm guys, if you have back to school ideas, feel free to give them to me. BOXL. I don't even know what that is, but I'll mark it down. I'll I'll that's all I'll be doing the next few days, so I'll, I'll research it. BOXL. Back to school. Let me now turn to our segment, financial. Oh, that's like a penny stock. 71 million is a little thin for me to trade. Okay. Yeah, DCBO. I'm looking into online learning, guys. That that will definitely be um, part of the show next week. I just have so much work to do on those online learning stocks. Uh, on Obviously, Zoom. Yeah. Uh, guys, yeah. you're asking for feedback on Expedia. Um, they did have earnings today, and I thought that they missed, but I'll have to double-check that. How did I not see that they had earnings today? There's just too much. We can, this is too big of a day. Earnings, Dave. So, if Expedia had earnings today, they didn't really do anything. Listen, guys, it, it, Expedia is just a, your average, it's just your rebound stock, right? That's it. Like... Expedia, uh, Booking.com, Avis, Marriott, Hilton. I mean, it really doesn't matter. Uh, Southwest Airlines, American Airlines. I mean, I can go on and on. Uh, Live Nation, uh, Sabre. You can put, you know, there's a whole, we have a whole portfolio of about 15 solid uh, bounce back stocks. You get into the restaurant stocks like Cheesecake Factory. It really doesn't matter. Once we see the light at the end of the tunnel, we've been talking about this all summer. Once we see the light, we're going to go in heavy into the heavy into rebound stocks. Okay, we're not there yet. I have a few rebound stocks. I have a little bit of Saber. I have a little bit of Avis. I have a little bit of Expedia. I have a little bit of all my favorites, but I'm not really going all in on this stuff until I get a little bit more comfort. Now we don't need to wait for clarity on the perfect vaccine and everyone's going to be perfectly fine as of this date because once you get that far ahead, it's too late, right? The rebound stocks are going to move. They're going to move really quick. So we're just trying to know what rebound stocks we want to invest in. It really doesn't even matter which ones you invest in, right? But which ones you want to invest in and when are you going to do it? Like, what are you waiting for? For us, we're waiting for some more solid information on a phase three trial out of a vaccine. And I think that information will get leaked before we'll get officially published. So I think before we get there, we'll start to hear about that. And that's going to start to layer into those rebound positions. And we'll do it pretty big when we do it. Uh, the alphabet call, the Google call, uh, they've moved into the Q&A questions. Uh, this is the first question here. How you think that positions you broadly against, obviously, an e-commerce landscape that's seeing a lot of pulled forward penetration given the current environment. And second, on YouTube, you know, obviously a fairly volatile brand advertising environment and TV advertising remains in flux. What are the opportunities both in the U.S. and globally to go after sort of TV ad budgets under the YouTube umbrella? Thanks so much. 
it's interesting that they have started breaking out YouTube as a number that they give individually. So spoke a little bit in my remarks, but really excited at the potential there. You know, team has been executing very well. Overall, you know, users come to Google a lot to find the products they are looking for, but we see an opportunity to invest and make the experience better. Sometimes the journeys may fail because they don't find what they're looking for. So we want to make sure it's comprehensive. Uh, next, when people find what they like, we want to make it simple for them to transact. And so working on that end-to-end experience has been a big focus. And obviously, making sure for merchants, uh, you know, uh, really making sure we are open to business for merchants and we are uh, giving value to them has been, uh, has been the focus. Uh, the early early indications are that uh, you know users are responding uh, positively, uh, you know both in terms of user engagement uh, and more importantly, uh, you know uh, Dave, giving how, value back to merchants. How old school uh, is this? Like, there. so does, is Google just the worst? I mean, are they? I mean, like, you just they still get eighty five percent of their revenue from search advertising. I mean. I feel like, yeah, I mean, they're doing cool stuff with Waymo, right? And not, they've done nothing with YouTube. As a company, does it not just, like, annoy you? Like, it's just, it does. It's just so annoying. No, it, it absolutely does. And I just think, yeah, they're they're just a huge media behemoth. And it doesn't seem like they're as innovative as I would love for a company with that many smart people. It's just, okay, it's it looks just, like we're it's, starting it's, over on the Apple call now if we want to listen in to the opening remarks. Yeah. Hopefully Tim Cook will be on this. Oh, hell yes. Go, Tim. Today Let's do this. This is Apple CEO Tim Cook, and he'll be followed by CFO Luca Maestri. After that, we'll open the call to questions from analysts. Please note that some of the information you'll hear during our discussion today will consist of forward-looking statements, including, without limitation, those regarding revenue, gross margin, operating expenses, other income and expense, taxes, capital allocation, and future business outlook, including the potential impact of COVID-19 on the company's business and results of operations. Actual results or trends could differ materially from our forecast. For more information, please refer to the risk factors discussed in Apple's most recently filed periodic reports, Form 10-K and Form 10-Q, and the Form 8-K filed with the SEC today, along with the associated press release. Apple assumes no obligation to update any forward-looking statements or information which speak as of their respective dates. I'd now like to turn the call over to Tim for introductory remarks. Thanks, Tejas. Good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for joining the call today. Before we begin, I join the many millions across this country in mourning and memorializing Congressman John Lewis who was laid to rest earlier today. We've lost a hero who walked among us, a leader in the truest sense who urged this country to aim higher and be better until the very end. I was humbled and fortunate to know him, and as an Alabama native, his example inspires me still. It now falls to every American to be a living memorial to John Lewis and to carry forward the work and the mission that defined his life. Throughout the call, I'll speak in greater detail about Apple's support for equity and justice, topics of great urgency on a number of fronts, 
But first, I want to pull the lens back to consider the quarter in full. In an uncertain environment, Apple saw a quarter of historic results demonstrating the important role our products play in our customers' lives. We set a June quarter record with revenue of $59.7 billion, up 11% from a year ago. Both products and services set June quarter records and grew double digits, and revenue grew in each of our geographic segments, reflecting the broad base of this success. As always, and especially in times of real adversity, what makes us proud as a company is not merely what we did, but how we did it. As millions marched for justice in big cities and small towns alike, we committed $100 million to launch Apple's racial equity and justice initiative, as well as new and renewed internal efforts to foster diversity and inclusion at all levels of the company. As COVID-19 continues to represent great risks for individuals and great uncertainty for our communities, care and adaptability are defining how we conduct our work wherever we work. In some places, that has meant responsibly reopening our operations and retail stores with enhanced health and safety precautions. In others, where the virus has reemerged, it's meant taking the challenging but necessary step of reclosing stores. I'll touch on these topics more in a little bit, but first I want to offer some more context on the quarter's results. Due to the uncertain and ongoing impacts of COVID-19, we did not provide our typical guidance when we reported our results last quarter, but we did provide some color on how we expect, expected the June quarter to play out. I'd like to contextualize our results in terms of that color across each of our product categories, beginning with iPhone iPhone revenue grew 2% this quarter. In April, we expected year-over-year -year performance to worsen, but we saw better-than-expected demand in May and June. We attribute this increase in demand to several interactive causes, including a strong iPhone SE launch, continued economic stimulus, and potentially some benefit from shelter-in-place restrictions lifting around the world. We expected iPad and Mac growth to accelerate, and we saw very strong double-digit growth for these devices this quarter. This remarkable performance came in spite of supply constraints on both products. We're working hard to get more iPads and Macs into customers' hands as quickly as possible, recognizing how integral they have become to working and learning from home, providing entertainment, and staying connected with loved ones. Wearables growth decelerated as we expected, but still grew by strong double digits and set a revenue record for a non-holiday quarter. Building on powerful new features built into Watch OS 7 and AirPods Pro announced this quarter, we are very excited about the many opportunities in front of us for this product category. These strong results help drive our install base of active devices to new all-time records across each of our product categories. Reflecting the deep integration of hardware, software, and services, services generated a June quarter record of $13.2 billion, up 15% year-over-year. Wow. As we mentioned during our last call, there were two distinct trends we were seeing, and they played out as we thought. First, Results for advertising and Apple Care were impacted by the reduced level of economic activity and store closures, 
to a degree that was in line with our expectations. Second, we had strong performance in our digital services with all-time revenue records in the App Store, Apple Music, video, and cloud services, as well as elevated engagement on iMessage, Siri, and FaceTime. Customers are loving new offerings across Apple services, like Apple News Today, our new daily audio briefing, and Greyhound, our new summer blockbuster starring Tom Hanks. In fact, Apple TV Plus just hit a history-making 95 awards nominations and 25 wins and accolades. Based on these results and our performance over the last four quarters, we are proud to announce that we have achieved our goal of doubling our fiscal 2016 services revenue six months ahead of schedule. We're conscious of the fact that these results stand in stark relief during a time of real economic adversity for businesses large and small and certainly for families. We do not have a zero-sum approach to prosperity, and especially in times like this, we're focused on growing the pie, making sure our success isn't just our success, and that everything we make, build, or do is geared toward creating opportunities for others. The App Store is a great example. This quarter, a new study by independent economists at the Analysis Group found that the App Store facilitated more than half a trillion in commerce globally in 2019 alone. Especially in a time of COVID-19, you can measure economic resilience in the ways in which the App Store supports remote ordering for restaurants, digital commerce for small businesses, and an enduring entrepreneurial opportunity for creators and visionaries. Keeping learning vibrant and impactful in the time of COVID-19 is a priority everyone shares. Earlier this month, we announced significant enhancements to the Develop in Swift and Everyone Can Code curricula, and we launched a new professional learning course available exclusively to educators. And just two weeks ago, our Community Education Initiative added 10 more historically black college and university regional coding centers to our roster, bringing the total to 24 locations nationwide, 12 of which are HBCUs, and 21 of which serve majority black and brown student populations. In Apple's backyard, we announced that we're allocating $400 million of our multi-year $2.5 billion affordable housing commitment to new housing construction, home buyer assistance programs, and support for those at greatest risk of experiencing homelessness across Silicon Valley. Apple's results this quarter are only possible due to our people and their ongoing ingenuity, flexibility, resilience, and determination during these ever-changing times. I want to thank our Apple Care and retail teams who have paired exceptional service during a time of intense demand with great adaptability during a quarter where stores have reopened in some places and reclosed in others. A dedicated team of specialists and experts has shouldered the task of caring for the well-being of our teams and communities store by store, location by location, with evidence-driven granularity and agility that is unrivaled anywhere. Innovation from adversity certainly defined this year's Worldwide Developers Conference as well. This is an event where traditionally Apple's worldwide community of developers gathers together to share, celebrate, and do big things together. 
Though we could not be together in person, Apple set a new standard for what online events can achieve with our celebrated all virtual event. The results here speak for themselves. More than 22 million viewers tuned in across all of Apple streams. For our developers, we distributed more than 72 hours of video content. That's three full days of video. The week saw more than 200 direct-to-video engineering and design sessions and about 4,500 person-to-person appointments with developers across 227 virtual labs. And of course, that's even before you get to this year's announcements. From iOS 14, which boasts a radical redesign to the home screen, powerful updates to messages, streamlined and effortless app clips, and even greater privacy, transparency, and controls, to major updates to Apple Pencil, Siri, and calling an iPad OS 14, to much anticipated sleep tracking, new fitness and wellness features, and unprecedented customization in watchOS 7, to the new macOS Big Sur boasting the biggest redesign upgrade to macOS since OS 10. No I am less excited about for a Apple's lot of what they announced roadmap is our transition to Apple Silicon for the Mac. This two-year effort will achieve both unprecedented performance for the Mac and a common architecture across all Apple products. Looking forward, we are profoundly optimistic about Apple's future. And we recognize that with this success comes a real responsibility to lead with our values because those values help make that success possible in the first place. We are just as proud of our announcement this month that Apple will be fully carbon neutral by 2030 across our entire supply chain and including the energy use of every device we make as we are of any hardware innovation because they spring from the same instinct to leave the world better than we found it. We're committed to standing with those marching for their lives and dignity through our new $100 million commitment to Apple's Racial Equity and Justice Initiative. And we're deepening our diversity and inclusion efforts internally because our future as a business is inextricably linked with the future of our communities. There are times when things seem to move slowly, when needed progress, economic or social, seems bogged down, when the instinct to turn away from the horizon and hold on to what you've got feels inescapable. And then there are times like this, when people of goodwill step forward, when progress unmoors itself, when the insistence of hope forces something new. This is an immensely challenging moment. COVID-19 is still devastating many places, and we have work left to do to care for the health and well-being of the communities in which all of us live and work. But no community of people, whether a company or a country, can afford to miss this call when it comes. At Apple, we never have, and we don't intend to start now. With that, I'll hand things off to Luca. Thank you, Tim. Good afternoon, everyone. Our June quarter was a testament to Apple's ability to innovate and execute during challenging times. Our results speak to the resilience I of our business a million bucks of and the relevance Q, Dave. of our products and services in our customers. <laughs> you just bought a million dollars of QQQ? I've... Yeah, I feel like between when you have this type of momentum between all these guys, I feel like it's just going to it could end up frenzying the entire tech sector in the morning. And a lot of these 
companies don't necessarily trade that you know that high a volume yeah. post market, right? But uh, QQQ just, was just five percent when you bought it. Two two percent only two two percent yeah okay. only two. So it's like I just bought just just to juice the trade going into the morning because I, I have I'm gonna get you know gonna lose a little bit on those Google puts. All right, so what happened? Did it get cut off? No, no, no. It's still going. Yeah. They just switched from Tim to, I think, the CFO. Yeah. I can't hear. Can you hear? Well, maybe I hit the button wrong. So the oh, revenue yeah. was $59.7 billion, a new June quarter record, up 11% from a year ago, despite a 300 basis point headwind from foreign exchange. Our performance was strong across our entire portfolio as we grew revenue in each of our product categories and set June quarter records for Mac, for wearables, and for services. Similarly, our results were very strong all around the world, with growth in all geographic segments and new June quarter records in the Americas, in Europe, in Japan, and rest of Asia Pacific. Products revenue was 46.5 billion, up 10%, and a June quarter record iPhone returned to growth, and we saw very strong double-digit growth from iPad, Mac, and wearables. Lockdowns and point-of-sale closures were widespread during April and impacted our performance, but we saw demand for all products improve significantly in May and June. As a result of our strong performance and the unmatched loyalty of our customers, our installed base of active devices reached an all-time high in all of our geographic segments and all major product categories. Our services continue to grow strongly, up 15% year over year, and reached a June quarter record of 13.2 billion. We set all-time records in many services categories and June quarter records in each geographic segment. I'll cover this in more detail later. Company gross margin was 38%. This was down 40 basis points sequentially due to unfavorable FX of 90 basis points and a different mix of products, partially offset by cost savings and services mix. Products gross margin was 29.7%, decreasing 60 basis points sequentially due to FX and a different mix, partially offset by cost savings. Services gross margin was 67.2%, up 180 basis points sequentially, mainly due to mix. Net income was $11.3 billion, and earnings per share were $2.58, up 18%, and a June quarter record. Operating cash flow was also a June quarter record at $16.3 billion, an improvement of $4.6 billion over a year ago. Let me get into more detail for each of our revenue categories. iPhone revenue grew 2% to $26.4 billion, with customer demand improving as the quarter progressed. COVID-19 was most impactful during the first three weeks of April, when lockdowns and point-of-sale closures became more widespread in many countries. We saw marked improvement around the world in May and June, which we attribute to an improved level of customer demand helped by the very successful launch of iPhone SE and economic stimulus packages. Our active installed base of iPhones, again, reached an all-time high as a result of the loyalty of our customer base and strength of our ecosystem. 
In fact, in the U.S., the latest survey of consumers from 451 Research indicates iPhone customer satisfaction of 98% for iPhone 11, 11 Pro, and 11 Pro Max combined. Turning to services, as I said, we set a June quarter record of 13.4 billion of revenue. We had all-time record performance and strong double-digit growth in the App Store, Apple Music, Video, and Cloud services. Our new services, Apple TV+, Apple Arcade, Apple News+, and Apple Card, are also contributing to overall services growth and continue to add users, content, and features. At the same time, customer engagement in our ecosystem continues to grow at a fast pace. The number of both transacting and paid accounts on our digital content stores reached a new all-time high during the June quarter with paid accounts increasing double digits in each of our geographic segments. In aggregate, paid subscriptions grew more than 35 million sequentially, and we now have over 550 million paid subscriptions across the services on our platform, up 130 million from a year ago. With this momentum, we remain confident to reach our increased target of 600 million paid subscriptions before the end of calendar 2020. Wearables, home, and accessories established a new June quarter record with revenue of 6.5 billion, up 17% year over year. Our wearables business is now the size of a Fortune 140 company, and we set June quarter records in the majority of markets we track. Importantly, Apple Watch continues to extend its reach with over 75% of the customers purchasing Apple Watch during the quarter new to the product. Next, I'd like to talk about the impressive performance of Mac. Revenue was 7.1 billion, up 22% over last year, and a June quarter record. We grew double digits in each geographic segment and set all-time revenue records in Japan and rest of Asia Pacific as well as June quarter records in the Americas and Europe. Customer response to our new MacBook Air and MacBook Pro launches has been extremely strong. iPad performance was equally impressive, with revenue of 6.6 billion, up 31%, and our highest June quarter revenue in eight years. Demand was strong around the world, with double-digit growth in each of our geographic segments, including a June quarter record in Greater China. The launch of our new iPad Pro has been received incredibly well in every region of the world. Both Mac and iPad are extremely relevant products in the new working and learning environments, and the most recent surveys of consumers from 451 Research measured customer satisfaction at 96% for Mac and 97% for iPad. Around half of the customers purchasing Mac and iPad during the quarter were new to that product. And as a result, the active install base for both products reached a new all-time high. Our retail business had record June quarter revenue thanks to the performance of our online store. We set records in all geographic segments and grew across all major product categories. In June, we launched Apple Card monthly installments for more products in our U.S. stores, allowing customers to pay for their devices over time with 0% interest. We're very pleased with the level of customer interest this new offering has generated. In the enterprise market, we continue to see companies leverage Apple products and offerings 
to successfully navigate their businesses through COVID-19. In healthcare, we're seeing rapid acceleration of telehealth to support a more flexible model of patient care. Many hospitals, such as UVA Health, Rush University Medical Center, and UC San Diego Health are using apps on iPad and iPhone to help triage, monitor, and care for patients who are at home. This helps free up hospital capacity to support patients who need inpatient care while enabling continued care for patients who do not require in-person visits. Since many call center employees are currently working remotely, Apple Business Chat has proven an invaluable tool for staying connected with customers. This quarter, HSBC deployed Apple Business Chat in its US and UK connect centers. Apple Business Chat provides a flexible and secure channel for digital banking assistance through a native Apple experience, improving the efficiency and experience for both customers and agents. We are seeing similar adoption by hundreds of other organizations. Let me now turn to our cash position. We ended the quarter with almost $194 billion in cash plus marketable securities. We issued $8.5 billion of new-term debt, retired $7.4 billion of term debt, and increased short-term borrowing facilities by $1.1 billion during the quarter, leaving us with total debt of $113 billion. As a result, net cash was $81 billion at the end of the quarter, and we continue on our path to reaching a net cash neutral position over time. We returned over $21 billion to shareholders during the June quarter, including $3.7 billion in dividends and equivalents, and $10 billion through open market repurchases of 31.3 million Apple shares. We also began a $6 billion accelerated share repurchase program in May, resulting in the initial delivery and retirement of 15.2 million shares. And finally, we retired an additional 4.8 million shares in the final settlement of our 15th ASR. As we move ahead into the September quarter, I'd like to provide some color on what we are seeing which includes the types of forward-looking information that Tejas referred to at the beginning of the call. Similar to last quarter, given the uncertainty around the world in the near term, we will not be issuing revenue and margin guidance for the coming quarter. However, we will provide some additional insight on our expectations for the September quarter for our product categories. On iPhone, we expect to see recent performance continue for our current product lineup, including the strong customer response for iPhone SE. In addition, as you know, last year we started selling new iPhones in late September. This year, we project supply to be available a few weeks later. We expect the rest of our products categories to have strong year-over-year performance. For services, we expect the September quarter to have the same trends that we have observed during the June quarter, except for Apple Care, where during the September quarter a year ago, we expanded our distribution significantly. As a consequence, we expect a difficult comp for Apple Care, also considering the COVID-related point of sale closures this year. For gross margin, keep in mind that we will have a different mix than in prior years, as I just explained. For OPEX, we expect to be between uh, 9.8 and 9.9 billion. 
We expect the tax rate to be about 16.5% and OINE to be 50 million. Also today, our board of directors has declared a cash dividend of 82 cents per share of common stock, payable on August 13, 2020, to shareholders of record as of August 10, 2020. And finally, today we're announcing a four-for-one split of Apple common stock to make our stock more accessible to a broader base of investors. Its shareholder of record at the close of business on August 24, 2020, we received three additional shares for every outstanding share held on the record date, and trading will begin on a split-adjusted basis on August 31st, 2020. With that, let's open the call to questions. Thank you, Luca. We ask that you limit yourself to two questions. Operator, may we please have the first question? Yes, that will be from Katie Huberty with Morgan Stanley. Thank you. Good afternoon. Tim, in light of the economic adversity that you talked about in the prepared remarks, can you just walk us through how Apple's leveraging finance and trade-in programs to make technology more affordable and accessible during this period while also you know, addressing the, the opportunity to recycle and, and reuse products and maybe also extend that to how these programs might expand over time? And then I have a follow-up. Yeah, as uh, Luca mentioned in uh, in June, we actually uh, rolled out to the to the uh, overwhelming balance of our other products the ability to do interest rate uh, interest free financing in our stores uh, with with payments, and that's in addition to trade in, which is becoming a um, more common trend now, which I think is terrific because it it is great for the environment. And it acts as a subsidy, if you will, against the uh, price of the new phone. And so when you compound these two things with the financing and the trade-in, it makes the, the product super affordable. And uh, we're, we're really happy with what we're seeing in, in that regard. And then as a follow-up, just specifically to iPhone, the category return to growth as you pointed out, the install base is, is larger today. Our math would suggest that replacement cycles in some cases are elongated. And then you have the affordability element that you just discussed. Does all of that combine to build confidence that we're entering a longer period of, of iPhone revenue growth after what's been six quarters of decline? The, um, we were very pleased with how we did on iPhone. It was uh, better than we thought, uh, largely because, as uh, we pointed out in the prepared remarks, May and June were much better. Uh, if you look at iPhone uh, in, in totality, the things that get me very optimistic is the size of the active install base, the fact that if you look in the major uh, geographies like the U.S., we had the top two selling smartphones. In the U.K., we had three of the top four. In Australia, we had five of the top six. In, in Japan, we had the top four. Uh, urban China, we were, uh, iPhone 11 was the top selling smartphone in, in the country. And so these are, you know, some very different geographies with their very different competitive situations, and we're, we're doing fairly well. The iPhone SE, it's also clear 
that from the early data, uh, we're seeing a higher switcher number than we did in the previous year, uh, which we feel very good about. And it, it also seemed to appeal to some people that were holding onto the device a little longer because they wanted a smaller form factor phone. And so the combination of the smaller form factor and uh, an incredibly uh, affordable price made Dude, the iPhone Amazon SE very soon? popular. Amazon starting right now in the background here. Uh, smartphone, but uh, iPhone SE definitely helped our results. And uh, as we, as Lucas said in his outlook, we do see uh, that continuing into the into this quarter. Please so Amazon's going with their investor relations person and not... Hello, Bezos. and welcome to our Q2 2020 oh. financial results conference call. Joining us today to answer your questions is Brian Olsowski, our CFO. CFO. As you listen to today's conference call, this we encourage cool. you to have our press release in front of you, which includes our financial results, as well as metrics and commentary on the quarter. Please They're not going to give us anything, otherwise then. Stated, Might as well go back to... Is all Tim comparisons on in this call will be against our results for the comparable... Yeah, I can get back to Apple here. $50 billion business in 2020 came sooner than expected. I don't know if you want to make any such forecast four years out on how you think services revenue is going to be. Then I had a follow-up for Luca. I'm sorry I missed that second question because the audio didn't come through. But I, I'm I sorry, think I, I got the gist it. of the first. And that is uh, production has been affected uh, for Apple TV+, Plus, uh, as I think it has for most people. Uh, we are working to get restarted. I don't have a precise date yet when we will get restarted, but there will be some impact uh, because we shut down in the in the March timeframe and are yet to really restart in a significant way, particularly for those uh, that are uh, shot in the in the LA area. Yeah, given the uh, current status of the virus and those. And I'm sorry I missed your, your the second part of your question. Well, Tim, I was trying to see, you know, four years ago you made a, a good prediction that services is going to be $50 billion by 2020. I wanted to see if you have any update to the prediction four years down the road. Uh, we're not updating today. We're, we feel good. We, we want to take the uh, moment and feel good about achieving the, the doubling uh, six months early. And we do have uh, still hanging out there, as you know, the subscription number that we're shooting for uh, later in the year at, at 600 million. So we, we do have that objective out there. If I could just squeeze in one for Luca. Um, with the strong sales in Mac, given the shelter in place, do you think the uh, back to school season got pulled in by a quarter? Or do you expect the momentum to still continue? Thank you very much. As I, as I said when I was talking about uh, you know, providing some commentary for the September quarter, we expect all the uh, non-iPhone product categories to have a very strong year-over-year -year performance. So we definitely, I mean, the, the, the back-to-school season is clearly this one, and uh, we're very excited, not only for the Mac, but also for the very iPad. Very curious about Apple or Amazon. I'm going to switch over to Amazon. 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 Amazon's second quarter was another highly Incredibly unusual quarter. Incredibly relevant, as I mentioned on our last earnings uh, given the, the current circumstances. So we expect the performance that we've seen for Mac in, in the June quarter to continue. 
Thank you. Can we have the next question, please? Yes, from Cross Research, we'll hear from Shannon Cross. Thank you very much. Um, Tim, can you talk a bit about what you're seeing in China? I know the revenue was up 2%, and I think Luca talked about record iPads, but um, just curious as to, you know, given their 5G is a bit ahead, how you're seeing uh, the market play out. And then I have a follow-up. Thank you. Yeah, Shannon, the, uh, the growth that we saw, we did see growth in uh, greater China for the quarter of 2%. Currency affected uh, China a bit more than in other places. It affected 400 basis points. And so in constant currency, we would have grown at six. Uh, as I had mentioned before, the iPhone 11 uh, has been our best-selling phone and has been number one in, in urban China. And so we're, we're uh, very, very proud of that iPad was uh, helped in the June quarter there by the uh, work from home and distance learning as it was in uh, other geographies. And the Mac also grew uh, strong double digit uh, uh, during the, during the uh, quarter. And services uh, set a new June quarter record there. Uh, we also continue to see extremely high new customer rates on Mac and iPad there. To give you a, a perspective, about three out of four customers that are buying the Mac are new uh, in China, and about two out of three that are buying the iPad are new. And so these, these are numbers that we're, we're super proud of. Great. And then um, can you talk a little bit more about the decision to bring Mac Silicon in-house and you know the benefits that you expect to see or you've seen from vertical integration of, of uh, acquisitions like the Intel modem business? Thanks. Yeah, I mean, what, what we wound up, what we'll wind up with is a common architecture across all of our products, which uh, gives us some interesting uh, things that we can do in, in products that are, uh, that it sort of unleashes another round of innovation. And so I don't want to say a lot about it other than uh, we're, um, extremely excited about it. Uh, it's it's something that we've worked on uh, quite a while to to get to this point, and we're looking forward to shipping the first Mac with Apple Silicon later in the year. Thank you, Shannon. Can we have the next question, please? That's interesting. That will come from Amit Darianian with Evercore. Oh. Yep. Um, thanks for taking my question, guys. Um, I have one and a follow-up as well. So, first one, I guess, you know, Tim, if I think about the strength you're seeing with iPhones right now, do you have a sense in terms of, you know, where is this trend coming from? Is it more replacement cycles getting shorter or we're just getting new customers into the iOS ecosystem? Because clearly these growth rates seem fairly impressive in the context of a pandemic and the upcoming refresh cycle that we have. I think um, it, it's a combination of a strong launch with iPhone SE uh, and, and some uh, probably some pickup because of the economic stimulus that uh, hit different countries at different points in time and probably uh, some of the reopening that uh, took place across the quarter, uh, particularly in May and June as stores started to reopen. And so it's a combination of all of those. And as you know, we've been having a uh, strong cycle with the iPhone 11 and the 11 Pro. And so when you combine the, a uh, strong cycle plus an iPhone SE launch, 
plus the reopening of the stores, et cetera. I, I think there were a lot of things that were uh, going in the right direction there. Perfect. That's helpful. And I guess, Luca, if I could just follow up with you, um, I'd love to get your perspective on how do we think about the overall 38% gross margins. Uh, you know, what do you think are the levers to improve this as you go forward, you know, not really September quarter, but over the next one or two years? And in that context, you know, do you see a point where the product gross margins start to stabilize because they have been trending somewhat lower for the last couple of quarters now? Yeah. Well, let me start with what we've seen during the, uh, the June quarter. Um, we were, you know, at 38%. Uh, we were down slightly sequentially, but up the same amount on a year-over-year basis. Uh, and Do really, you think we should hop uh, to Amazon, see if there's anything going on? Yeah, I'm, I'm listening to it on my iPad. Oh, okay. Several quarters now has been the They're still talking strength about of the U.S. dollar. So the, ah, that sort of thing. The exchange that. impact on a sequential basis was 90 basis points. On a year-over-year -year basis was 130 basis points. So obviously that is something to keep in mind. And then the other aspect I think it's always important to keep in mind, Amit, is that uh, we sell uh, many different products. Uh, they have different margin profiles. And so sometimes a different mix can have an impact on the aggregate level of products' gross margins. And, and uh, we're very pleased to see the performance of Mac, iPad, and wearables. Um, In summary, but, you know, we know people are relying on online shopping more than ever during this unprecedented time. And we're working hard to add capacity to serve customers. We're extremely grateful to our employees across Amazon for continuously stepping up to meet the needs of customers. With that, let's move on to Q&A. So earlier in the At this call, time, we will now open the call up for questions. Anything interesting, we, Dave? They, they basically talked a lot about all of their commitment and involvement and all of that. Um, the main thing, uh, they've already previously announced that they're delaying Prime Day or doing it at a different time in every country yeah. except for India. Um, but now let's listen in on the Q&A. Once again, to initiate a question, please press star, then one on your touchtone telephone at this time. Please hold while we poll for questions. Uh, and it is interesting that they are, I think, the first company I've seen to actually have forward-looking estimates. Your first question estimates. comes from line of Eric Sheridan. So them to talk about their UBS. Q3 a little bit Please more. Please proceed with your question. Thanks so much for taking the question. Um, maybe I could just dive in on the normalized trends you're seeing as you exit June and get into July. You know, you made a push into essentials and de-emphasized non-essentials, as we talked about in the last earnings call. Where are we in terms of the company getting the mix between essentials versus non-essentials right in terms of offering to customers? Uh, where are you in terms of returning to normal on next day and two-day shipping initiatives to drive prime? And if there was any color on the state of affairs with either of those uh, by geo or region of the world, that would be great. Thank you so much. Sure, Eric. Uh, thanks for your question. So first on uh, the trend. So uh, if you remember, as uh, you know, we exited Q1 and spoke at the end of April. We had taken a lot of steps in March and April to first uh, limit the um, incoming non-essential products into our warehouses, and then we uh, reversed that or, or eliminated that uh, decision in mid-April. So we started to normalize on our uh, channel mix in, I would say, you know, as we moved into late April and early May. We expected that uh, because a lot of the sellers uh, 
can toggle between MFN or FBA uh, sales that we would see uh, MFN drop as FBA picked up. Um, but to a large extent, MFN remained strong even as FBA picked up. So we had a very favorable mix, if you will, um, uh, coming from March on. Um, it started to normalize a little bit more to normal levels towards the end of the quarter, but MFN still remains high. On the uh, product side, uh, a lot of what we saw in March and early April was sales of consumables and groceries and safety items. And we talked a lot about the fact that that was coming um, at pretty much zero cost, or excuse me, zero profit when you uh, factored in the COVID-related costs. Um, we got better on our cost structure, and we also uh, resumed a more normal mix in, I'd say, uh, early part of May. So since then, I would say it's, it's getting closer to uh, what we call a more normal mix. Uh, demand is still super high. Uh, what we're seeing on, you know, it's driven by prime members and prime member engagement. They're shopping more often. They have lar- larger basket sizes. There's still a heavy component of grocery, uh, uh, grocery uh, online grocery sales tripled year over year in the quarter as we added capacity there. So while there's shifts in the mix uh, based on what customers want, it's, it's looking a little more normal uh, and it's staying at a very high level. Um, on one day, uh, you know, we, we realize that, um, you know, our first priority is to keep our employees safe, and the second is to focus on getting our capacity increased. Uh, once we've done that, uh, you know, we're working very hard to get uh, faster shipments, uh, and we've seen the one-day uh, and two-day recover through the quarter, uh, but it's still probably considerably behind the um, – uh, going in rate uh, before any of this happens. So we'll continue to work on that. But again, first priority is is definitely keeping employees safe, and second is uh, increasing our capacity. Yeah, and this is just David. And I think you know, just from a geographic perspective, you know, Brian's opening comments there. Um, a lot of these order trends and activity are uh, you can see that both the North America and the international segment are growing, growing well. So a lot of those you know kind of trends and category performances, uh, first party and third-party seller growth, whether it be merchant fulfilled or, or FBA sellers, we're, we're seeing a lot of growth um, across the board and kind of similar similar type broad trends when you think about uh, the U.S. and North America as well as our uh, international regions, particularly our more established international regions. Our next question is from Mark Mahaney with RBC. Please proceed with your question. Okay. So, too, just a quick uh, follow-up on uh, Eric's question. Brian, when do you think you'll get back to par in terms of one day being one day? And then, secondly, these profit levels are super high now. They're becoming super high at the company. You know, if you X out the COVID costs, is Jeff aware of how profitable the company is becoming? Is he happy about it? And I'm kind of being facetious, obviously, when I ask that. But what I also want to ask really is – um, uh, when you think about new investment areas, you know, um, and the, the top of the list, you know, maybe some new international launches or really building out some of the markets that you've, uh, like India and Brazil and Mexico, or the business-to-business operations, like there's a ton of new investment areas, and it seems like the Amazon, you know, historically, and I'm sure it's the same now, would be using this, you know, kind of revenue surge and really investing aggressively in these new areas. So just talk about that. I know you've got spend on COVID, but, you know, as you think about the next three to five years, you've got these really uh, – uh, profit surges, how can you deploy those, or do you, how do you want to deploy those into some of the newer investment areas? Thanks a lot. Sure. Uh, thanks for your questions, Mark. Uh, first on um, when will we get back to par, we don't know yet. Uh, we're getting progressively better, but we're also balancing uh, what is going to be you know, very stepped-up 
uh, demand and capacity in Q3 and Q4. So um, if you look at our historic run rates and, uh, you know, can see how big a quarter Q2 was, Q2 was actually higher revenue than Q4 of last year, which is unheard of, and Q3 is now uh, forecast to be also higher than Q4 of last year. So um, we've kind of uh, moved the peak forward and um, for different reasons, and we're trying to, you know, uh, mainly, like as I said, first priority is getting is making sure our employees are safe and that we continue to do social distancing and keep everybody, um, you know, safe and healthy. Uh, where second priority is getting capacity online because we do not have uh, in, sec- in Q2 we generally uh, have lower revenue and in Q2, like uh, I mentioned, we were able to use the excess capacity that did exist uh, to ha- serve the higher demand. Now, you know, as we move into Q3, we're starting to we need to build. Uh, inventory more for Q, for uh, Q4, and uh, we run out of space. So uh, we've got our hands full on that challenge, but we've got you know a really good team that's been working very hard, uh, probably since uh, late February on this issue. Um, and you know, when you talk about uh, profitability, I will we'll also mention that um, there are a couple of expenses that have gone down in the in the uh, interim. You know, marketing, we cut marketing uh, probably by about a third in uh, Q2 as. Uh, mainly because we're trying to manage demand. Uh, it started to normalize and get back to its somewhat normal levels in Q, uh, at the end of Q2, but, uh, and therefore we'll see a higher level in Q3. But certainly marketing costs were lower. I probably saw that in a lot of companies. Uh, travel expenses have almost ground to a halt. Um, uh, meeting costs, um, you know, even medical costs in some examples are, or in some cases are, have been delayed as people, uh, you know, don't go to the doctor or don't you know, go there as quickly. We think that'll normalize over time. Um, and as far as investments, I think you know we, we've got a lot of investments already in play. So I don't think it's a matter of uh, um, necessarily accelerating investment, uh, or uh, you know we're always looking for new investments that make sense to us. But uh, during this time, I, say, I would say we've actually uh, accelerated our ops investment. We've pulled in capacity that we probably didn't think would be needed until 2021, uh, maybe maybe later. Um, Excuse me. On grocery, we've also uh, greatly expanded our grocery delivery capacity, and that's probably ahead of schedule. Yeah, and I, just Dave, just to add to that, I think you know Prime is such a big focus, and some of the uh, growth statements that Brian talked about at the opening of the call, whether it was um, you know strength in paid Prime membership uh, and the acceleration we saw in the U.S. or worldwide, or um, you have some of the usage stats like the the grocery momentum or the the doubling of of video hours, it's you know for us, it's just another encouraging sign. We think there's still a lot more value we can add to that program, and that's you know not just in the United States where it's we, we've got a, sort of a broader set of services than some of the other regions, but really focusing on uh, supporting in some of those other regions. Um, and, you know, and so we've got places like um, Australia, the Middle East. Um, uh, we've talked about India many times, but a lot of focus on building that out. I think. What's you know great about a place uh, all geographies about a place like India is is you know we're really focused on digitizing the um, the Indian sellers a lot of micro small and medium sized businesses there um, we launched some new features there to help support the the digitization efforts with um, some of those brands and just a lot of a work great work being done them by that team um, they have some goals there around um, uh, you know getting more sellers on board and hiring many more people as well so a lot of focus there. Our next question comes from Brian Nowak with Morgan Stanley. Please proceed with your question. Thanks for taking my questions. I have, I have two. Uh, the first one 
Brian, just going back to the investments, and you're you're often making multi-year investments for customers and customer offerings, and you know, you're the you're the you're the man behind the capital allocation plan. I guess I'd be curious to hear about. Can you give us some examples of areas of investment that may have been pushed out this year because of shelter in place and the higher demand that you've been seeing? So, what were areas where you thought you were going to spend more at the start of the year than you actually have now in the the current 2020 plan? And then the second one, the international strength. Uh, appreciate the color on Europe and Japan. Nice to see the profitability. Maybe just talk to us sort of qualitatively about some puts and takes around your, your core international markets, Europe and Japan, and how to think about whether or not they could be more or less profitable than the U.S. long term. Thanks. Sure. I think you'll, uh, starting with that second one, you'll notice that uh, the international segment was, was uh, profitable this uh, quarter, and that's a great sign. Uh, it is heavily driven by the pickup in demand that we saw. Uh, as I've mentioned, I believe, in uh, multiple calls, what's going on internationally is we have some very you know, healthy, established countries that we've been in a long time, and we have probably accelerated their adoption of prime benefits. Uh, we've pushed uh, video and devices and um, music and other things to those countries probably uh, earlier in the life cycle than you would have seen in the U.S. So there's a bit of a forward investment on prime benefits in many of those countries. Um, but uh, what you also see are uh, investments in new countries. Obviously, India is the biggest one, uh, but also, you know, to a lesser extent, the Middle East, uh, Brazil, uh, Turkey, and Australia are uh, recent additions. So there's always an element of uh, uh, expansion going on uh, there. Uh, advertising is growing, so that's a good source of profitability. But if you look at what happened in Q2, uh, it was essentially just the, the you know, much higher volumes than uh, we had anticipated or uh, had on a run rate. So our fixed costs were leveraged to the hilt. Uh, obviously, we had to add some capacity and things in transportation and uh, fulfillment centers. But all other fixed costs were you know, pretty much leveraged uh, on that higher demand. Um, uh, the UK in particular was very strong because uh, there's uh, probably more uh, stay-at-home orders and uh, the way the economy was developing in the UK. We had a very, very strong quarter there. Um, so I would say that the surge in demand internationally also helped drive that profitable, uh, maybe a little you know, earlier than uh, the trajectory would have uh, uh, shown, and you know, not sure that that is going to continue for the next couple quarters. But it's a good trend. It's a good uh, sign that we could leverage that, and a lot of the same trends in the U.S. were apparent internationally: higher uh, prime, uh, more frequent prime purchases, and higher uh, basket sizes. So all good signs, um, and perhaps we got a glimpse of the future on the, the demand curve. Uh, your second question is on slowing investments. Uh, you know, the list is very short on what we've uh, had to slow down. It's mostly uh, it hasn't been done necessarily for cost reasons, it's been done for people reasons. Um, the one I'd point to is studios. You know, we've had to you know, delay production. Um, I think most studios have, and uh, you know, that's been augmented by some new things like our uh, Amazon Cinema where we're having first-run movies. And so I think uh, in this time when people want entertainment, um, people are having trouble creating new content across the board, and that's, that's a bit of a challenge, but it's not something we're doing intentionally. Um, we're doing it to uh, protect the actors and film crews, and uh, we think that's the right decision. Uh, as I said, a lot of the investments are being pulled in, especially on the upside and grocery delivery, um, uh, same-store pickup, 
uh, a number of Whole Foods stores that uh, you can pick up deliveries on tripled this quarter. So um, the list is short on things that we're slowing down on, I would say. It's just we're adapting uh, and, um, you know, probably looking at uh, whether some things have changed and, you know, creating some things for the new environment, uh, especially in the entertainment area. Our next question comes from Doug Enmuth with J.P. Morgan. Please proceed with your question. Thanks for taking the questions. Um, I have two. Uh, Brian, first, just um, curious about your overall thoughts on how the e-commerce adoption curve um, has been shifted here over the next few years um, and anything you can share around behavior for, for new and existing customers. And then separately on AWS, the $43 billion run rate, um, obviously slowed some in the quarter, but uh, hoping you could comment just on the pace of IT decision making in this environment, uh, whether you're still impacted by some clients, you know, more highly exposed to challenged verticals, and and due to those factors, is it possible that AWS can uh, accelerate growth going forward? Thanks. Yeah, let me start with that second one. Thanks, Doug. Um, so in the AWS uh, uh, segment revenue. You know, what we see are companies are working really hard right now uh, to cut expenses, especially in uh, the more challenged businesses like hospitality and travel, but pretty much across the board. Um, we're, we're helping them. We're actively, uh, with our sales force, looking for ways that we can help them save money. This includes things like scaling down the usage where it makes sense or, you know, benchmarking their workloads against our architectural best practices. So uh, that's not going to help our usage growth in the short run, but it will help those customers save money, and, and we think that's the right thing to do, not only for their success and so they can come out of this at a better, a better shape, but also for the long-term health of uh, our relationship with them as an AWS provider. Um, but we're also seeing a lot of companies that are really wishing that they had uh, made more progress on the cloud because they're seeing how companies that are on the cloud can – uh, you know, turn into a variable cost and uh, either scale up or scale down depending on their particular situation. Um, they realize their on-premises infrastructure is not really flexible to go up or down, and especially in a time of sinking demand, it's uh, it's a big fixed cost for them. So uh, we expect we're we're seeing migration migration plans accelerate. Uh, they're certainly not going to happen overnight, but we see companies uh, moving more in that direction. We think that'll be a, a good long-term trend. Uh, and there's certainly winners in this uh, you know, uh, area right now. Things like video conferencing, uh, gaming, remote learning, and entertainment all are seeing uh, usage growth, and um, uh, it's you know it's, it's a bifurcated world out there. So um, the uh, on your e-commerce adoption, I think it's hard to tell. You know, we're super encouraged by the uh, the fact that uh, grocery delivery has picked up, and that's uh, been accelerated uh, versus what we would have thought. Um, we certainly are uh, you know, glad to be there for our Prime members who are shopping more frequently and uh, buying more. Uh, we do know that there, there's reasons that there are other options are limited. I mean, there's always retail options out there, especially to go pick up in store, um, but less people want to go into stores perhaps now. So we're going to have to see you know, what uh, is a, maybe a, a step up in the curve and getting to a point quicker versus uh, you know, what are some one-time sales and you know, things like hopefully things like masks and gloves and cleaning supplies uh, in the fullness of time become one-time purchases, but uh, we'll see. And sorry, your last point was on new customers versus existing customers. We're seeing similar trends. We're seeing good pickup uh, in um, 
frequency and uh, uh, basket size for new members in Prime as well. Um, you know, certainly not not uh, the same as, uh, as people who have been Prime members for a number of years, but uh, it's encouraging. And as you saw, you know, Prime growth uh, retention has uh, increased. Uh, we've accelerated uh, the number of uh, the growth of Prime members both in the U.S. and internationally. So that's a good sign that we're uh, we're happy about, and we hope that that has long-term uh, ramifications. Our next question comes from Ross Sandler with Barclays. Please proceed with your question. Uh, yeah, just to follow up to that last comment. So the uh, prime behavior for international prime members, you guys have talked about how, like, in the 16, 17 countries, um, you know, the, the overall service levels are a little bit behind, selections a little bit behind. So has the, has the you know, the last few months in the pandemic uh, closed that gap meaningfully in terms of, you know, GMV uh, per prime member for international versus what you see in the U.S.? Any, any comment there? And then on, on the 3Q guidance, um, you know, you've pushed Prime Day for Western markets into 4Q. So how much of the uh, deceleration, it's obviously a really strong number for, for 3Q, but the growth rate's decelerating a little bit. Is that mostly from Prime Day, or can you just talk about uh, what, what kind of behaviors you're seeing right now um, as you go into 3Q? Thank you. Right. Um, <clears throat> well, you know, we ramped up through the quarter in Q2 and ended up with 41% uh, year-over-year growth in uh, FX neutral, on an FX neutral basis. Um, a lot of those trends are continuing into Q3. Uh, you see our revenue uh, range is $87 billion to $93 billion, coming off a $89 billion quarter. So um, I would say that the, um, uh, the, ex the if you look at the growth rate, that uh, translates into somewhere in the 24 to 33% uh, growth rate in Q3. So um, they can't break out exactly the prime impact because there's, um, uh, but suffice to say, it's a big, a big uh, driver on why 41% growth in Q2 uh, turns into 24 to 33% growth in Q3 uh, on what turns out to be higher revenue volume. And then um, on prime behavior, you know, it's uh, I can't really give you more on that because it, it it is actually a very localized. Um, uh, set of stats by country. An international aggregate does not matter that much. And uh, what I would say is generally what we're seeing is similar trends in international uh, in response to COVID um, purchasing patterns. I wouldn't say it closed the gap. I said, yeah, I would say they both went up. And we'll see how it goes from there. I think there's you know, definitely uh, any differences in selection or differences in uh, shipping, there's a myriad of factors that uh, go into a prime member's uh, decision to be a prime member and to uh, what they buy and what they use as far as our benefits that we give them. So I, I don't want to make too many sweeping comment, comments on that right now. Our next question comes from Brent Phil with Jeffries. Please proceed with your question. Thanks. Good afternoon. Uh, I was curious if you could just expand on EWS. Uh, there was a little bit of a slowdown across the board and a uh, number of the cloud on uh, numbers. I'm just curious if there's a, a common thread that you're seeing there and perhaps just talk about the backlog. I know you've disclosed the backlog has been improving 
uh, in the filings, but uh, a little more color needed. I mean, this would be certainly helpful. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll give you the backlog number. It grew 65% uh, year over year and 21% quarter over quarter. Um, so, you know, that's healthy, and we have, uh, you know, the uh, average contract, contract length is uh, over three years for our AWS contracts. Uh, I would say, you know, uh, contract volume and uh, negotiations are strong and, you know, have uh, maintained through this period. Uh, so, um, it is uh, that's a good sign. Uh, it really does boil down to you know short-term uh, versus long-term incentives here for a lot of our our customers. There, uh, if, you're, if you're in a industry that's been uh, heavily impacted by uh, COVID um, in the economy, you're you're looking for ways to save money and you're trying to do it quick. And we're trying to help in that regard. Um, and one of the best ways to save money long-term is to uh, you know use the cloud. Uh, not, not only to turn it into a variable cost, uh, could be a fixed cost, but, uh, but also to, to be able to take advantage of the um, uh, partner network that we have, the uh, security uh, uh, that we have, and also the you know, constant evolution of products and services that we bring to market. Our next question comes from Aaron Kessler with Raymond James. Please proceed with your question. Great. A couple questions. Uh, first, maybe just uh, one of your competitors noted that growth was slowing in some markets that have opened up, I guess probably more in Europe. Maybe just thoughts there. Are you seeing any changes in some of the markets that are starting to open up? And just uh, any comments maybe on the Zoox acquisition, how you kind of can use that technology longer term as well? Thank you. Um, I imagine you mean on the consumer business, the uh, countries Correct. opening up. Yes. Um, well, we still see strong strong demand, so I, I don't have any uh, particular color on that regard um, by country. Um, we do think um, probably the UK was uh, you know very grew very strongly in Q2, and that uh, I believe is starting to moderate a bit, but still stronger than normal. So um, don't want to go by country, but I think uh, you know those trends. You know, we'll start to perhaps become evident, but the uh, you know, prime, from our vantage point, the prime members still continue to um, you know order more frequently and uh, in larger basket sizes. Yeah, and then uh, Aaron, just on on your second question on Zooks, I mean, it's um, not too much to say at this point. It's still pretty early, but I think uh, it probably goes without saying it's a it's a tremendously forward-thinking team, which resonates. The biggest part of our business is serving small businesses. Our advertising is one of the most effective tools that small businesses have to switching find over to Facebook here to grow their businesses yeah. and to create jobs. And that's why I'm often just... troubled by uh, the calls <laughs> to go after internet advertising, especially during a time of such economic <laughs> turmoil like we face today with COVID. It's true that making it more difficult to target ads would affect the revenue of companies <laughs> like Facebook. <laughs> But I wish we could see him. Of such a move would be to reduce the effectiveness <laughs> of the ads and opportunities for small businesses. He just needs to toughen up this a little bit. Like, I don't know. Like small it's businesses just, so much uh, that it would probably need to spend some time with, like go through a marine training level. program or something, just <laughs> to like <laughs> just get some edge on them. You know, some... want in the middle of a pandemic and recession. <laughs> the right path, I believe, is regulation that keeps people's data safe while allowing the benefits of this kind of personalized and relevant advertising. Looking forward, I expect the rest of this year to continue to be unpredictable. From a health perspective, 
With COVID growing quickly in the U.S., uh, there's currently no end in sight for when our teams here uh, will be able to return to our offices. It is incredibly disappointing uh, because it seems like the U.S. could have avoided this current <laughs> surge uh, in cases if our government had handled this better. For Facebook's part, we are continuing to show Chris, our COVID information get center ready to uh, authoritative health give a wrap up at the end. To date, we have directed yeah. Yeah. more than two billion people to see it uh, in order to see important health messages, including interviews with Dr. Fauci and recently uh, information about why wearing a mask is so important. During this time, we've found that most Facebook employees can productively work remotely. Uh, even before COVID, we had a long-term goal of enabling more remote work, since the ability to feel present, even when you are remote, is a core aspect of our own passive-aggressive nerds, workplace, <laughs> virtual, and augmented reality. We're using this moment to accelerate these plans, and I expect that up to 50% of our employees will be remote. Uh, long-term, within the next five to ten years. This will enable us to attract and retain broader pools of talent, regardless of where they live. Economically, uh, with the initial CARES Act stimulus ending here in the U.S., it, it's unclear what the economic outlook will be during this next period. I continue to believe that getting the virus under control is the most important step we can take towards economic recovery. Uh, for our part, uh, we are accelerating our work to help small businesses sell online through our services. We launched Facebook Shops to let businesses set up a storefront and sell uh, across our apps, and that is scaling quickly. Uh, we're going to have more to share there soon. WhatsApp Business now has 50 million uh, people using it and is growing quickly. Uh, we've also granted uh, pro uh, we've also created grant programs to help small businesses during this period, including a $100 million program to support small businesses globally, and another $100 million program specifically to support black-owned businesses, black creators, and nonprofits that serve the black community here in the U.S. Politically, uh, COVID has added a heightened level of uncertainty to this year's elections. Because of the virus, many people may not want to go to the polls in person, so voting by mail will be more important than ever. And since many people haven't voted by mail before, it's critical that we get official voting information in front of people and help people register to vote. We have built a voting information center, and our goal is to help 4 million Americans register to vote in this election. This will be the largest voting information drive in American history, and double the number of people that we helped register in 2016 and 2018. We've already started attaching links to official voting information, to any post uh, from political candidates discussing voting. And our goal is to help people register to vote regardless of what uh, these candidates or posts are saying. We're also continuing to focus on stopping election interference, including removing voter suppression. Uh, we've already broadened our policies here and adopted new policies to partner with local election officials to remove false information about voting in the period leading up to the elections and we are currently considering additional steps that we might take. With all this going on, uh, I've been impressed by how much progress our teams have been able to make on our proactive product priorities and uh, around building a private messaging platform, enabling uh, small businesses and commerce, and building uh, the future computing platforms around virtual and augmented reality. We announced Messenger Rooms in April, 
and people around the world can now join a room from any of our apps, um, or even if you don't have an account with us at all. We expanded Messenger Kids this quarter to 143 new countries and territories, helping a lot of parents as they look for ways to safely uh, preserve their children's friendships remotely. And our AR and VR and hardware products keep getting better. Uh, we saw an increase in portal sales across the whole pro uh, product line this quarter, and Quest, uh, which we launched last May, already has more usage than any other device in our ecosystem. As I told Congress yesterday, I am proud of the services we build and how they improve people's lives. I am thankful to everyone at Facebook who is doing this important work and to all of our partners and everyone else who is on this journey with us. And now I'll hand it over to Cheryl. Thanks, Mark, and hi, everyone. I want to start by building on what Mark said about hate speech. Facebook stands firmly against hate. Being a platform where everyone can make their voice heard is core to our mission, but that does not mean it's acceptable for people to spread hate. It's not. We don't benefit from it, benefit from it and we never have. Our users don't want to see it, and our advertisers don't want to be associated with it. For years, we've spent billions of dollars on teams and technology to find and remove hateful content and to protect the integrity of our platform generally and we've become a pioneer in using artificial intelligence to remove hateful content at scale. We've made real progress, and in many ways, we've led our industry in being more transparent and more proactive in enforcement. A recent study from the European Commission shows that these investments are paying off and that Facebook acts faster and removes a greater percentage of the hate speech on our services than other major internet platforms. We've made real progress, but this work is never finished. Earlier this month, we met with the organizers of the ads boycott and other civil rights leaders to listen to their concerns, and we published our civil rights audit. We were the first social media company to undertake an audit of this kind, an independent two-year review of the civil rights impact of our products and practices. It's clear we have a lot more to do, and we are working every day to meet this challenge, not because of pressure from advertisers, but because it is the right thing to do. We are also working every day to support people and businesses through this difficult period. The pandemic is not just a public health crisis, but an economic crisis that has hit businesses around the world hard. I want to talk about what we're seeing in our own business and how we are supporting small businesses as they transition online in order to weather this storm. After seeing flat year-over-year -year revenue growth in, the growth in the first few weeks of April, we saw a considerable recovery in May and June. Our total ad revenue for Q2 was $18.3 billion, which is a 10% year-over-year increase. This demonstrates not only our resilience as a company, but a wider trend that has been underway for some time. People are spending more and more time online, so businesses need to be online too. This was true long before the pandemic, but it is especially true now that people can't always get together in person. In the United States before the crisis, one in three companies still did not have a website. Now more and more businesses realize they have to be online. This month, in partnership with the World Bank and OECD, we published our first global state of small business report based on a survey of more than 30,000 small business leaders across more than 50 countries. The data paints a sobering picture of the struggle businesses are facing, but it also points to the scale of the digital transformation we are witnessing.
in the majority of countries, at least one-third of SMBs reported earning a minimum of 25% of their sales from digital channels in the previous 30 days. Over the years, we've invested in free and paid tools to help businesses in this increasingly digital-first economy. Anyone can set up a digital storefront on Facebook or Instagram for free in just minutes. That is why now more than 180 million businesses use our tools every month. Along with our free tools, personalized advertising is a lifeline for businesses, especially small businesses who can't afford broad campaigns aimed at mass oh, audiences. This is like so corporate. It's literally now killing me. Yeah, can we, we oh. you want to just bail out of this? Yeah, I don't even know no, if I can I listen anymore. Say, they're not and telling us anything. They're not going to say anything. Let's just, talk, let's just wrap this up. I'm going to have this, this playing very lightly in my ear. So if I get distracted, yeah, they say that's what's going on. Reasonable. Okay, so, okay, Dave, Amazon. Let's just talk about, yeah, what our final thoughts. Amazon absolutely killed it. The earnings, $10.30 earnings, they were only expecting between $1.30 and $2.09, right? They, they 5X killed earnings this quarter. Dave, what did we say last quarter? We, we said this exactly was going to, it was the biggest sandbag in the history of sandbags. Yes. Right up there with Vista Outdoors, I hope, I hope. The Vista Outdoors is the same. I said the same time, I said Vista Outdoors, biggest sandbag. Uh, Amazon, biggest sandbag. Come on, dude. This is we all knew this was happening. It was right in front of our face. Yes. So, so the the question is going into the end of the year. What do you think about Amazon? I mean, I honestly think, I think, more likely to go up than down based on the way I see the trends going over the next five to six months. Right. More stay at home, more shelter in place, more yes. grocery at home, more people getting they're getting in the routine of Amazon. He already said think, bigger basket sizes more yes. often, right? Yes. And I think just the ongoing trend is everything is moving in Amazon's favor. Everything is moving into the more convenient way of doing things is the way you've gotten used to doing it because you had to. Right? Why would you ever go to a grocery store again? I saw I know people in our chat were saying I still go once every few weeks. Why would you ever actually need to do that when you can have Amazon Fresh or Whole Foods delivered to your door the same day you, you push the button. Dave, I, I, I've experienced this firsthand. I'm telling you guys, I know some of you guys haven't or like not fully bought into the whole grocery thing. I was not, I'm the type of person, Dave, you know how old school I am. I like tangible things. I like to go places, see it, touch my, you know, when I'm buying vegetables and fruit and stuff. I, I like. And that was always the biggest hesitation. That was the thing that people are like, well, there's no way that a shopper is going to be able to pick out the bananas that I like, right? But we yeah, also thought they, that about shoes. And Zappos has proven that there's no reason to ever go to a shoe store. Uh, dude, I'm telling you, Dave, I might never go into a grocery for the rest of my life. That's how addicted. I am actually addicted to ordering primarily from Whole Foods, Amazon, also Amazon Fresh. Uh, and then we, we mix it up a little bit with our local grocery because there's like some hot Italian sausage I like from Tom Thumb. So so we, we you know, we get that delivered. But they you, all deliver. That's delivered. Yeah, they all deliver now. And all, all Whole Foods now. was never I, really done. my favorite grocery store. I, I always thought of that as like the granola grocery store that I, I would rather shop at. Uh, what's the what's the central central market for the fresh fresh ingredients and Tom Thumb for the everything else? I'm not wasting one minute of my life inside a grocery. Maybe ever again. But here's the deal, guys. It's not me. I'm not crazy. It's going to be. This is something I feel strongly about. 
I feel strongly that this is not an if, it's a when, in terms of when does 70% of our population never go in a grocery again. Yeah. I don't know if it's three years or 23 years, but it's happening, that will happen. Amazon's gonna take most of that business, agree, most of it, right? Uh, here's the problem, we're going to eventually get, in the next six months, this, this event of light at the, we've been talking about it since March. All right, but even before this, the whole thing was ramping up, we were already looking at the end of it, okay? Yeah. The light at the end of the tunnel, at some point, is going to be so bright in terms of, oh my gosh, I see it so brightly, this whole pandemic is going to be over somewhere between two and five months from now. That's gonna happen at some point, right? We're literally getting vaccines in our arms starting in 90 days, whatever it is. Like, it's good. that's gonna happen. And when that happens, Dave, I feel like there will be some massive, I don't know if I'd say massive. There will be a meaningful pullback in a lot of these stocks like Amazon and, uh, you know, I don't know if these others, but Amazon for sure, there'll be a pullback. Well, and, so, and there's a lot, a lot of people have had these stocks jump up, you know, Wayfair, Etsy, Chewy. But Shopify, all I feel all like a stuff, lot right? of them, though, even though it, you know it's going to pull back, they have introduced the idea of doing everything online the way you and I were imagining in 1999 everything was going to be online. And 20 totally. years later, we're, totally. we're kind of forced into it, but now everyone is just gonna get more used to doing everything online. So I, of the four earnings calls today, I'm most excited about Amazon's future. Um, a few few questions here. I, I don't know if we wanna even try to, I don't pick a price target or yeah, things and, like and Dave, that. Before you even do that, like, do you think like Amazon might be doing their pullback from 3,000 at the end of the year, from pull 3,000 back to 2,500? You know what yes. I'm saying? Like, who knows? Exactly. <laughs> it could be that. We don't We don't look at price, guys. We, we just don't, we don't look at price. So I guess price is not something we look at. Uh, we look I, at we'll, we'll I look when it, when it drops down and I notice that the price has fallen, I'm going to be buying some Amazon though, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, think listen, I'm, I, I have all the Amazon I need. I focus, is the story going to continue to get better than people expect it to get? Or is there more of a likelihood it will get worse than people expect it to get? I think at this point, the next five months, I think the story can continue to get better than people even realize it is now. So, did you, you, know, did you hear Amazon, Amazon say anything about Amazon Cinema in the new investment section? It was a blink and you'd miss it kind of comment. I, I missed that, but I know that they, they're all in on Amazon Prime being the mechanism to deliver their original programming and their other you know syndicated programming and i just noticed now there's amazon profiles so that much like when you log into netflix you can have everyone in your family has their own amazon prime uh who's watching kind of thing i did yeah, see they I, talked about think, that you know the prime the prime media piece of amazon is something that i still struggle with it's it's a big leap for them. I think it's going to be years before they can really create that, you know, like us or mine thing. I don't think about Prime still. I'm always going to Apple, Netflix, Hulu. Like, I'm just not thinking Prime. I think my, the more integrated it becomes have, with your Apple TV, though, where the Prime shows are being recommended to you. Yeah, I think Netflix is, is what's being left out because they're not being recommended. Or Although I feel like everything's a little being a little bit more better integrated into Apple TV including Apple TV plus its own its own service, but I mainly stop, yeah. I, I no longer go directly to Amazon or Hulu or Netflix, I just go to Apple TV and that's yeah. kind of where I start deciding what I'm gonna watch for the day. I get that, I just, the one thing, like I feel like Amazon doesn't need it, like I, I, I'm, I have Prime, I'm paying for Prime because of Amazon, not because of the 
and you get it for free. You get the video stuff for free and the music stuff for free. Kind of like you get the free Apple TV Plus because you bought an Apple product. I don't know that I would pay for Apple, but I'm glad that I have it because I do actually like some of their shows. We we win, but I feel like the I feel like the Hollywood stuff between me and you and everyone else watching the show. I feel like it's a little bit of you know Bezos and his and his shiny shirts. He's getting all fancy now, going out <laughs> out in the town and stuff. Like he he's like he's like trying to live that life now. Like and I feel like he likes to have a little Hollywood right that he's connected to. Don't you feel it's part of it? I, and he, yeah, and he I, wants it, to it be a part of is. Hollywood. It is what it is, man. We're not going to about the Academy it. I'm not Awards. focused on it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not focused on it, but I just, I'm not buying the entertainment piece of Amazon Bezos. I know why you're doing that. You like, you like the sizzle of having Amazon be in that world, you know, right? But I right? think that there is, there's promise in the future of it. I wouldn't, I'm not really putting any value in it today, but I love the fact that it's there and it's free and it's growing and it's winning awards. And at some point that, that component could be big for them. Yeah. Where, okay. where so a Netflix, that's all they have. Netflix is going to have yeah. to figure out how to get into grocery delivery or something to make it worthwhile to have a Netflix account. Yeah. So I think everybody looks at these numbers. They love them. They're happy with it. I feel like, I feel like Amazon's going to do just fine right now for the next few months. Hopefully, uh, we think Apple too, right? Apple Apple's is my positive, right? Yeah, Apple's my second uh, biggest holding, and I was very happy with their report. I actually am super excited about their product line coming out. I think that the new switch from Intel to their own Apple Silicon is going to be a huge move for them. It's already killed Intel, and it's actually made AMD uh, go nuts this past week. I can't believe I, I, I shorted I, uh, Intel, but I did, didn't think about the um, the implications for AMD. But anyway, I am excited about Apple. Nothing in this earnings made me say, oh, wow, this is the quarter to for Apple. But I think the long term future for this company is huge. And they are going they, their their product refresh cycle will just continue being a thing. And you're going to want to get the iPhone 12. You're going to want to get the iPhone 13. You're going to every year you're going to get a new iPhone. Uh- you're going to, you, you and I are going to buy every, iPod, we're going to buy every single thing that comes out and put a new Apple TV on every TV in the house whenever they come out. Of course we are, but we are not normal we are people. Definitely like, not we're definitely not normal. Here's the thing. I'm a little nervous about the iPhone 12 launch. I am. I'm a little nervous about it. I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. I'm going to watch it closely. I, no, I'm not I, at all. I think that they, I think the 11 was the one that people were kind of like, nothing, nothing huge in it. And if you skipped one, it was going to be the 11, and you're going to want the 12. I know, but Dave, it's like we're in we're in shelter in place. Do you really need to up, upgrade from an 11 to a 12 when you're on your laptop and your what, MacBook all day? And your what iPad device do you day? use more than any other device? Even in lockdown, even in your house, are you yeah, using your iPad more than your iPhone? iPhone? It's still my iPhone. You're still yeah, you're right, like you're right. I. I literally I have made this iPad such a part of my life, but still. I grab my phone first for just about everything, yeah. unless I'm sitting down to actually like browse something or watch something, or I'm making a conscious effort of like, this is, this is something that a bigger screen is a better experience. The iPhone yeah. is the best experience. Yeah. All right. I, listen, fine. I'm not selling any of my Apple. Don't get me wrong. I'm in on the Apple, uh, Facebook, whatever. I'm, I'm least excited about Facebook and Google. They're advertising yeah. plays and it's so hard to even fathom what's going to happen in the advertising world. I, I'll tell you, Dave, I do really like, uh, forget about Google. Forget about it. 
Okay, I I I do really like Facebook coming out of the pandemic. Okay, it's actually one of those stocks that if it if it dips at all coming out of the pandemic, I, like I would like to own Facebook coming out because I just think there's going to be a massive amount of you know, we talk about the roaring 2020s. Everyone's trying to get your money. All of the everyone's advertising. I think it's the right Facebook place. Still Instagram is is the, the right place for, for small businesses. Facebook is still the cheapest, most effective way to reach an audience. Right. And that yeah. fact alone, oh, well. if if small businesses succeed and we reopen and there's still enough of them willing to uh, buy an ad, Facebook. Dave, will can win. you believe how well they have done in all of this? With I'm small actually. Business? I'm actually shocked. Yeah, it's shocking. It's sh- it's not necessarily super surprising because there is a tidal wave. We know this. We've said this for so long. When you're a small business, the only barrier to doing a tremendous amount of stuff on Facebook and Instagram is the ability to create content, right? Yes. And the big barrier for for small business is small business if it's owned by someone who is a little bit more out of touch. Uh, maybe they're, dem- they're out of touch with being able to create content, like talk about what's going on at your restaurant, put imagery, videos, stuff like that, then it's not really the best place for you, Google is. But I've always thought that over the course of the next decade, as the new generation takes over these small businesses and they're more comfortable creating content yeah. for these small businesses that they own and that they manage, right? And I think that Facebook, Instagram, it's going to take over a lot of the G, a lot of the Google revenue, like the ad. And I will say, a lot of the ad buys. Even though Facebook's platform historically has just been a giant cluster, it's nearly impossible to place ads and to do it yourself. And as a self-managed platform, but it has actually gotten pretty easy. So they have the, you know, the 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 thing that AdWords had going for it was the ability for you to like test five different headlines and five different call to actions, and and, and they would intermix them and decide which one worked. Facebook has that. You upload 10 yeah. images and 10 headlines and 10, uh, you know, selling points and 10 call to actions, and then they optimize for you. And it's easy, it's easy-ish to do. And the fact that you can do a blitz across both Instagram and Facebook is it's everything. That's is everything. That, I mean, where else are you going to go to get that kind of brand focused advertising? Listen, we obviously are more social savvy at my restaurant and you know we have someone who's on our staff who's super social savvy and we spend about 80% of our ad revenue, 80%, not 8%, 80% is on yeah. Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, right? Yep. Right, 80%, 80%. The other 20% is a combination, is probably open table, just buying stuff off open table, that's it. Are you still so paying Yelp every, anything, every, or did you did what? you pay Yelp to uh, at least like buy out your competitors from being able to show up on your that's search results I mean. page? Like either Yelp or Open Table, or yeah. we kind of switch between the two. But like that's like twenty percent. Facebook, Instagram is eighty percent, and that and by the way, I see all restaurants, everyone in the world, at some point putting eighty percent of their ad revenue on Facebook. That's yeah. it, and so like. We're on the cutting edge of that, but every single one of them is going to do that over the next 10 years. So yeah. I love Facebook. I really do. I love it. I love it. I love it. And Tim, I just, Tim's right. It, it's not just Facebook, Instagram. It's also uh, Messenger and WhatsApp, right? You can course, You can do this course. integrated buy across everything where Google doesn't really have that. I mean, Google, you can buy uh, YouTube and Google and end up in Maps. And I think actually Maps ads are probably really good for local business. Um but I mean, it's, Google's it's, my it's least, just different. Google's my least favorite of the four. 
Their, their investor conference calls bore the heck out of me. I can't stand them. Uh, I, I feel the culture just being, ah, just, 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 just stagnant culture. I know they're all about innovation at Google, but it's like, come on guys, dude, they're just, they're, they're, they're sitting on this search revenue forever. And I just feel like at some point they're going to start bleeding that to Amazon, right? Because people are going to move their budgets to Amazon advertising if it's yeah. product oriented or Facebook. Right. And so I think they only have one place to go. And that's ultimately flat, flat to down on their search revenue over time. And they still have to prove themselves with Waymo and all the other things they're working on. I think they still there's a big question mark there. Not that Google doesn't have a lot of potential, but they have to prove themselves and they haven't done that yet. I mean, they've done very little with shopping at Google. Like they could have taken over they, shopping on the yeah i don't understand why i mean yes when you do a google search shopping is a tab and it tries to pull in some relevant search results on various stores but that's just such a weird clunky experience that i, I don't start my shopping searches on google i use amazon as my shopping search engine because i know i'm about to buy something and so i go to amazon I mean, it's just like that's Dave, the default how could shopify not have been google google should have been shopify right i mean it's crazy if they didn't they should have been and they actually With were. All... They, had, they had a Google uh, shopping cart platform. Yahoo had one, too, back in the ancient times. What does that tell you about Google, though? It just, it's just they're stuck in their space, and their space over time is going to be fine. They're not going away. Yeah. I just feel like it's going to get hard to get tremendous growth out they, of that. They unless... will, they're going to continue growing. They're going to be the behemoth. There's there's no replacing Google, but it's it really is... How, how how much further out of search do you think they're going to succeed? And by the way, like you said, search is a thing now on Amazon, right? Like search on Amazon, right? And you know, you know, soon if if Facebook has its way, they're going to integrate a lot more search through social, right? And so, you know, Google has failed at social. They've failed at shopping. They've failed at the big monster trillion dollar industries where they had an opportunity and just couldn't pull it off. The same way, honestly, Facebook fails yeah. at getting out of its range. Facebook so, hasn't been good at search, and Google has been terrible at social. Can you, I yeah. mean, Google Plus? I mean, what was that? The only thing that they've had that success uh, that's successful is this YouTube platform that we're on right now. That is the only thing that YouTube has done, or that Google has done right when it comes to social, and they didn't even do it. They we they bought they bought YouTube and we hate that they've done like they've done not it's so frustrating it's like Yahoo back in the day the way you the way YouTube yeah. runs like as a creator it's so insane it drives us nuts right like there's so much they could be doing with YouTube I feel like I feel like just anecdotally from what we've experienced by doing the, these videos and everything they are getting a little bit better. On the YouTube side, I don't know if they had more engineering or some new refocus. I know that uh, on the creator side, they've shuffled the whole team and all the people that we knew before are, are different. But um, it seems that once they turned off legacy uh, uploader platform and they're focused on this new YouTube studio, that there is actually focus and new development and new reports and like things seem to be coming faster and more consistently and they don't seem to have as many, you know, data blackouts and things where you're just not getting any information back. So I think that something is going right, but it it just seems like a very it seems like it could be in itself a as big as a, any movie studio, as big as Netflix, as big as anything, and yet it seems like they have 12 people working there. 
and that's it. Yeah, well, I, I it is frustrating. And how about let's not forget about Ford. I, I I've had my fun with Ford. I've sold most of my Ford now. I started the day with 130,000 shares. I ended the day, I think I have 50,000 shares now of Ford. Um, and I bet you I'll start to slim that down. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll probably slim my Ford down to maybe 30,000 shares. Um, I we did get confirmation great... from uh, the chatters that it was 150,000 uh, reservations on the Ford Bronco. I haven't confirmed it, but that's what they're confirming. That's what I've seen. Okay, that, I've seen it through our people only, so that's not okay. a validated source. It's a, but it's a great. It's, it's as listen, better. It's, it's a better great than number. Yeah, it, it's a great number. It's not the two fifty to three hundred I wanted to see. That was going to blow my mind. Right, that was going to blow my mind. It's not what I wanted to see. So whatever, I'm shaving down my Ford. I've had a lot of fun with them. I made what 115k of my Ford options. I think I made another, I don't know, 60, 70, 80K on this. So that's almost 200K on this Ford trade. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, thank you, Ford. Thank you, Ford Bronco. Uh, God, I love it when it works out. I love it when it works out. But uh, I'm not excited about I'm not like super pumped on Ford. Remember, the Ford was a summer trade, right? It was like, Ford, it's not going to yeah, be as bad not... as everybody thinks it's going to be. Exactly. And we you're not in Ford because you think Ford is an awesome company, but you're in Ford because Ford was beaten down to nothing and they have an exciting their most exciting product that they've ever had at a time when the stock was ever. in the dumps so that's really all yeah. there is to the ford story it was a you know what i regret dave i regret not tripling down what i did on Ford. like looking back knowing knowing what i knew i don't know why my ford investment was in triple it should have been a six hundred thousand dollar win not a two hundred thousand dollar win i know it sounds greedy but the reality is i really did you even know i've been talking about ford for like five months on no, this absolutely deal. and and it's not every day that you have that kind of mindset you found a company that you think has this potential we talk about it all yeah. the time we are not day traders we are not active traders we are focused traders on things that are the right thing at the right time with what we think is some right piece of information and you had it on this ford play Okay, do you know Peloton earnings is on Monday? How did I not, I'm so, there's so much noise that I'm not keeping up with this stuff. Well, that's the thing Monday, is you went on vacation right around the time that all these earning dates got announced and yeah. you just, you haven't really caught up yet. But Peloton. Oh my God, baseball, baseball season's over? Oh my gosh, it's not good for Gan. Did that just happen, um, okay, really? So baseball got canceled? I just got a text from a Jerry saying Marlins out, oh, he's just saying oh, the that it will out. be over. Yeah. Marlins outbreak came from night out in Atlanta. Of course, these baseball players, man, they, they, just, they just can't. You're getting paid millions of dollars. You have and one all job. All you have to do, <laughs> all you have to do, is not get the virus. That's all you have to do is not get the virus. You know what? Pay me millions of dollars to not get the virus. I won't. You know, I'm not going to get the virus no matter what. Anyway, I don't leave my home, but I definitely would not leave the field. I'd be like on the field. And I'd be in my house if I was getting paid $20 million a year to play baseball. By the way, what a beautiful socially distanced sport. There's no reason for those guys to get the virus, right, Dave? There's no. no reason for it, and they can't help themselves. They barely come in contact with each other anyway. They're standing like, I don't know the difference between between first base and second base, but that's a pretty far distance. You're not going to get the COVID from that distance. That's no. more than six feet, I know. I don't know my sports, no. but I knew uh, that that's more than six feet. No. Although, although, did you did you see I um, when the the I don't know the manager storms out and has to go yell at someone? He was uh, putting on his face mask on his way out to go get in someone's face. 
And I thought that that was so professional, and I was very proud of baseball at that moment. And then I think the whole rest of the bench came out, and it was all over. And then, oh. and then baseball's canceled. Okay, so here's the thing: I really want to do back to school on Monday, but we yes. can't. Not a, not no, a no, no. You have a Peloton earnings announcement. No, you know now that I am going to be doing nothing but Peloton research just to see if I want to just crank up and lever up that Peloton trade into earnings. I don't know that I will, but I need to figure that out. So it's all Peloton now till Monday. We're going to have to push the back to school at home episode to Thursday, Thursday. next week. Unless there's some other earnings. We're in earnings season. We're in earnings. We're in back to school. We're in sports. We're in all. There's too much going on. We could just. Oh, wait, no. Someone said Peloton's Wednesday, August 12th. Okay, we got plenty of time. I'm I'm taking, I'm trusting these guys too much. We got plenty of time. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here here it is. Okay. Back to school at home is back to Monday then. All right. We we will do that. We have a little bit of time for Peloton. And now someone's saying it's not confirmed. Uh, Roku. I'm excited about Roku earnings. I mean, are you, Dave? Hell yes. Yes, I am excited about uh, Roku earnings. That's one of my that's one of my go to stocks. One of mine too. We love Roku. Um, okay, so what? Let's. I got a lot of work to do on back to school at home. Got a lot of stocks to look into. Uh, if this whole thing with sports is looking ugly, but Dave, we better have football in the fall. No, we that's the only sport that I can watch. Well, it's. I need it for my restaurant to stay in business. Like. <laughs> Without football, we are dead in the water. I mean, dead. By the way, your bar, Dave, has been closed for two months, and I, I hate to tell you, it's not opening for another eight months. Just so uh, you know. Like, no, I, I know, I know. There's, there's no, and really, there's no reason to open any bar. Every bar in the country should be closed right now. As a yeah. bar owner, I'm saying that bars are not the place to be when there's a highly contagious disease floating around that is airborne and that. You know, you have to wear a mask and you can't wear a mask and drink a martini. It's just you can't do it. So so what but the restaurant, on the other hand, we have a big outdoor section and we have TVs and we're like the greatest place ever to watch college football. So we need football in the fall. And if football and we're the best at social distancing at Chelsea Corner, but we we need football in the fall. And you know who else needs football? Gan. Gan needs yes. football. Gan definitely right? does. So hopefully we still get football. Hopefully Gan. we still get football. <laughs> this is, look, look at this Gan chart. I don't know what date range that is, but it, you could not get any worse than that. I, and that's probably the fourth it, biggest holding that we hold. Well, uh. no, I mean, no, I, I, no, I sold most of my, I'm, I'm down to 30,000 shares of Gan from 85,000. So I, I thank goodness I sold, I mean, I'll just, I felt like the information dissemination on GAN was really getting up there. I'm down to 30,000 shares now, uh, which is still a lot, but not as much as 85,000 shares. That would have hurt, Dave. That would have really hurt Yeah. if I didn't get rid of those 80. <laughs> so I am, not, I am not opposed, if I see things I start to like, adding to my GAN, por- GAN position. Hey, um, I mean, I wanna... if you liked it at 28, you're going to love it at 18. I, yeah, I listen, I don't even That's the way I look at it. I want to see things that I think the market doesn't see or appreciate again. And I just haven't seen that in the last month. But if things start to really heat up in terms of stimulus 2.0, we got lots of sports coming back. But here's the perfect situation. Here's the perfect storm for Dan. Sports comes back. 
Stimulus 2.0 puts a lot of cash in everyone's pocket, but the casinos are not really open for business in person. That is the GAN perfect storm. Yes. Right? Yes. No, absolutely. Or the casinos. Casinos can be open. It's just people would rather be no home. No one's going. Yeah. No one's going. Yeah. Casinos might be open. And I want them to be open because I don't want them to go out of business because they can't lose their customer base to bankruptcy. Yeah. So it's like this really fine line where the casinos are open, but not enough people are going. There are enough going to keep them in business, but not enough going to really pull away from the online gaming. So everyone's really doing online gaming and online sports betting, right? Yeah. That's what we want to see. That's the perfect storm for again. And, and if I start to see that, I could see myself upping that position a little bit. No, totally agree. Dude, have have we spent more time on YouTube today than off YouTube today? Is this like um, our no? We actually have now? since since being awake today, we have been on YouTube for more than off. We this is uh, two hours and forty three minutes in this one. We were on two hours before, so four five, almost five hours of live YouTube today. Thank yeah. you, YouTube, for all the free streaming. And we still have five, boy, we have more than 500 people. I saw we had like six or 700 people earlier. We still have more than 500 people watching this channel. And I, I noticed we had a new viewer. I, I, I saw several new subscribers pop up, but um, this uh, awesome. nuclear Nick says uh, that it was an algorithm fail for not showing him this channel earlier. All right. Thank you, <laughs> nuclear Nick. Welcome. Subscribe. Hit the bell. Cool, do all cool, the things. Man. Uh, you know, if you ever if you ever are away from your device or don't want to watch us, you can listen to us on our podcast. We are on Spotify and Google has a podcast platform. Did you know that? Another fail. But uh, we're on Spotify and we're on um, Apple Podcasts. We're on all the it, basically if they had earnings today, we're on their podcast. So you, sh- you should check that out. Um, you can also follow me on my other channel. Hey, there, Dave here. Just YouTube dot com slash. Hey, there, Dave here. Uh, subscribe there. I've tried to make videos about personal finance and credit cards. I did some stimulus videos, probably won't be doing many more of those. Um, but we got that going on. We have, um, we're on Instagram, Dave, we're on Twitter. Yes. We need to figure out this Peloton earnings because now people are saying it's the third. Some people are saying it's the fifth. If it is the third, I'm going all in on Peloton this weekend. And like, we're just, that's all I'm thinking about. No, and we're going to do this on Monday. Well, at least based on the chart that, uh, trading view has they had it in the future but let me let me actually just go to their uh peloton uh earnings or the you know investor relations right i mean it should be up there by now um i you know i will enjoy my bit long bit long how the hell do you say it bit long bill tong bit <laughs> bill oh bill tong. tong yes so it's b-i-l no okay Bill Tong. It's not bit okay. long. It's Bill Tong. <laughs> I'm gonna have it. I'm gonna. We'll try it tomorrow. Maybe we'll try it on Monday's show. Uh, if you get yours in time, Dave. How fast does it ship? It ships pretty quick. He got me mine in like two or three days. Okay. So. Yeah, maybe. Well, it's Thursday. Yeah. Maybe we'll see. Um, Casey Neistat says he wants a Peloton. Needle. Man, I can't wait. You know, I love Peloton earnings, dude. I'm, dude. That's. That's that's like Christmas for me, dude. Peloton earnings. Oh, I know. I Especially when you're wait. when you're this into it. But you know what I love more is hurricane tracking. And like <laughs> I just saw that that thing's turning into a hurricane and now like I got to get on that too. You know, like we always say how 
You know, we have nailed every hurricane trade pretty much we've ever done. And it's all about all you need to know about hurricane trading is you just got to get in early. That's it. That's all that matters. Because the thing you can't <laughs> predict about a hurricane is what it's going to be when it lands. This will help the you remember you how to say it. It's Pelotong. Like Bill Pelotong. Tong? Pelotong. Oh, Pelotong. All right, cool. No, it's not. But you could, you know what you can predict, Dave? You can pretty much predict that a hurricane usually goes from smaller to bigger, from less media to more media, uh, from less dangerous to more dangerous over a period of time. And during that period of time is when the investors, and what I love about this, Dave, is we have more, and I hate doing this, but the reality is we have more newbie Robinhood investors than we've ever had. We have a fresh batch, Dave, of like a few million <laughs> newbie Robinhood investors. And guess what they're going to do? They are going to buy Home Depot. They're going to buy Generac. They're going to buy Lowe's. Uh, they'll eventually get into like the 2.0 hurricane stocks that we love, like Floor and Decor, yeah. Beacon Roofing. And so there's like, there's like they get into these stocks and you know like clockwork it's like you when get to they're gonna teach buy the them. next generation all of your favorites. No, but here's the thing, it's, Dave. It's, it's your greatest you hits album do, ready to go. Oh sorry. I, all you have to do is buy these stocks before they buy them and sell them after they buy them. You don't have to play the hurricane landfall event, because that never actually happens, right? I mean it does happen sometimes, but it's just like it's like clockwork. These things get pumped up. You got to exit when and, and normally like the market will correct itself. So the people that got screwed last year are yeah. not going to make the same mistake this year. But we have a few million brand new newbie investors that are going to make the same mistake this year. Right. Yeah. So all you got to do is front run their hurricane trades. And it's just it sounds like a terrible thing to do, <laughs> but you just got to do it. It took me this yacht. long to get it up on the screen. But yes, this is um, I can't wait for this software that we use to actually have an off air preview where I can build a screen and then push it live. It's like how unprofessional is it for me to be dragging like like charts across the screen and you see me like resizing every chart, everything like, oh, well, so that's a dumb place to put that. So you, you see me dragging this down. Hits Florida. Yeah, so. I don't know. I don't. I don't believe it. But I. Uh, I so I, I was on the Peloton uh, Peloton Peloton uh, website, and they have not updated their news and events section since uh, Mar- May twenty first. So they haven't Dave, published on their own website. They're too busy. They're too busy delivering bikes. They're too busy. Or they're just a poorly. My thesis is it's a very poorly run company that just got lucky. <laughs> the right product at the You're right time and they can't that, they can't keep you? up with it. Yeah, I am keep I'm sticking with that. <laughs> I sold all my Peloton, I believe. I'm going to check my portfolio real quick. I think I sold it all. Um we are going to do by the way guys, we have a new uh show format that's coming up. It's going to be awesome. We've been working on it for a while and you know, someone's mentioning Robinhood stocks and how to trade them. We're going to have a bunch of mini segments every episode that we will do and then just post those mini segments on our old YouTube.com forward slash dumb money channel. And yeah. so if you want to just see the quick segments, you can see them there. If you want to watch the whole two hour show and see You'll this see stuff live. You'll see it first live, here live and then yeah, we're going to have some content that we do during the live show that isn't us just talking for an hour straight. 
that you can maybe go watch in 10 minutes. Yeah. But one of the piece of content is a really cool piece of content. We won't tell you exactly what it is, but it has to do with Robinhood stocks. And we're, we're working it out right now. We think it's going to be super fun, super informative. And, you know, we have like seven different pieces of comment, content we're working on for this. And we think we just think you guys are going to love it. So we might start a little bit of it next week, maybe, Dave? You're on the wrong one side of the screen. I've got to switch you. There you go. Um, yeah, I think we maybe should try it. Let's well, like we have... Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do a we'll do it we'll try it out on a live show next week. It may not it be in its final form. It may need to be re, we worked a little bit, but uh, let's try it. Okay. Yeah, Listen, Joe Rogan you know does what? that. They're saying on the in the comments. Yeah, and we're like the Joe Rogan of money. We <laughs> we are that. I mean, if if you were trying to describe what this was, wouldn't wouldn't that be kind of it? Yeah, yeah, but we don't really have as many guests as him, but we might someday. We might. It's just a it's a it's a podcast that you can look at with people spouting out their opinions all day. I have never seen so many different earnings dates for for a stock than as many as people giving out on Peloton. <laughs> August third, August fifth, August thirtieth, August twelfth, August fourteenth. I mean, this is just absolutely insane. Uh, we'll find out. Um, but hey, if anyone wants to talk about Peloton, share your Peloton research. Uh, go on the Dumb Money Discord channel, right? What is it, Dave, to get on Dumb Money you Discord? You go to dumbmoney.tv slash Discord, and that will get you an invite to get into the system. And I think this that's, is the one? Yes. Oh, no, that's our merch that, graphic. You yeah, can go there if you want to buy out. something with our name on it. But uh, uh, That's where we hang out when we're not on YouTube. We hang out in our Discord channel. There's the um, dumbmoney.tv slash Discord. And I admit that I have not had time to spend in discord and and you know when you you've done you've experienced this once you don't go in discord for a little bit you end up having so such a big backlog of things to look at and all those direct messages in the sidebar that it's like intimidating to go back in so i'm oh i don't even know about direct messages is that a thing on there yeah i have i have like 400 direct messages that i haven't yet responded to I didn't even know that was a thing i'm prioritizing public messages but i honestly haven't even done that because it's too much. It's well, too much. I can't you gotta do, it. do it. You just I know. I know it's a wealth of information. It's actually the place I should be spending all my time, but instead I uh, made a video about the stimulus and making fun um, of all of the stimulus videos. I I see Amazon rolling across this screen on CNBC up 173 and it just makes me so happy. I need to go take a bike. I've been sitting or standing on this camera all day. I need to go take a bike ride. Well, I think about the gains I've made in Durrell Industries, and I think I might want to buy some more of that. Anyway, I can't talk anymore about stocks. This is, this is getting insane. I love you guys. Thank you for watching both our episodes today. So fun. We got so much happening in the next few weeks. Just smash that bell, smash like, come back, join us. We're going to kill it. I can't wait, man. You know, since I got back from vacation, Dave, I am just juiced with just in research and making money and investments. From now to the end of the year, it is going to be a non-stop stop, dumb money freaking party. And like, I can't wait to crush it, dude. Let's do it. Have a good weekend, guys. Right. Have a good weekend. And we will see you bright and early Monday with either a Peloton episode or a back to school at home episode. One or the other. We'll figure it out. Stay tuned. We're... Do you not want to just stay on for another? I mean, we've almost hit the three hour mark. I don't think we're I done. Physically... Bye.